if you had to sum up this movie in one sentence, what would it be? It was as if Gareth Edwards drilled into my brain, discovered everything I loved about Star Wars, and made all of those things happen in a new way. That's pretty much how I feel. Sounds about right. The Force is strong. I am one with the Force. The Force is with me. May the Force be with us. Rebellions are... Rebellions are built on hope. Save the rebellion. Save the dream. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah, the Bizzle. All right, Bizzlecast listeners, welcome to a first time edition of something episode today, which is doing a second commentary on a movie I've already done a commentary for. I'm sure you will all be shocked that the movie in question is indeed Rogue One. I did the commentary for the uh, for Rogue One initially, I believe, the day the digital file was available last year. It's probably almost exactly a year ago. And I just had, as much as I loved the movie then, I've come to love and appreciate the movie more since then and learn so many new things and find so many new things about it. And I was talking to my buddy Simi Klimo, co-contributor recently on the podcast, and he said he would be interested in joining me to pursue such a venture to do a second run through of the movie and talk about totally different things, mostly from his perspective. So without further ado, Simi, welcome. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this is really exciting. Uh, I would probably be watching this movie tonight by myself anyway. So, <laughs> you know, recording us talking about it would yep. be better than me. You know, bothering my fiance about things I want to chat about during the movie. So, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So, Simi and I had a, uh, a, a talk, been talking over the last couple of weeks about how exactly this would work. I went over the game plan last night. For those of you that are new to my commentaries, I'm going to walk us through in just a second about how to line up your physical or digital media <clears throat> so it aligns with ours and in terms of the listening and watching experience and so forth. Um, but really quick, Simi, I I don't normally do long introductions. I apologize, guys. I have a little bit of a cold. Um, <clears throat> I don't normally do long introductions, but I wanted to point out that the one I did a year ago for this movie, I consider like maybe my best commentary, which is weird because usually movies that I'm over the top passionate about are sometimes not my best commentaries because I'm not able to be fully objective, but I just felt like I understood this movie from the director's standpoint and the writer's standpoint, like from the beginning, but I did a very personal take on it. So what Simi and I decided to do was a sort of um, doing this, like if this was, you know, a a sports game, um, then I would be sort of the play-by-play slash host and Simi's uh, the color commentary guy talking a lot about his um, uh, experience seeing this movie in the theater for the first time. Hopefully you remember some of that. And then over, you know, the last year and a half or so gaining appreciation for it. So, uh, I know we talked about it, but does that, does that sound like a pretty good game plan? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I will be the Bill Walton, if you will. Yes. And, uh, you can be the Howard Cosell and I think we'll be a pretty good team. Totally. I like it. I like it. Um, 
So, um, all right, people. So we're going to get into this. Um, and I actually think this is going to be a lot more different uh, from the first one than you guys might think. And I think maybe a lot of you, if you're new listeners, haven't gone back and listened to the first one, although I recommend it. But definitely um, welcome if this is your first Bizzlecast or your first Bizzlecast commentary. So here's what's going to happen. Whether you have Blu-ray, DVD, like whatever form of digital media or physical media you have, make sure it is queued up exactly to zero. So like hit play and then pause or rewind if necessary. Exactly to zero, 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 zero. And make sure there's no buffering. Um, so like when you hit play with us, it, there's not a gap, but it's not that big of a deal. The bigger thing is... I usually recommend putting on about 5 to 10% sound so you can get some of the ambient sound and hear the great music um, and, and so forth while still being able to listen to the podcast. I leave the exact leveling up to you. I also recommend you put on subtitles, especially if your sound is low or off, obviously. If you're listening to the sound at a higher level, you might not need subtitles. I am going to count down from 3 to 2 to 1, and I'm going to say the word go. And when I say the word go, that is exactly exactly when you should hit play and hopefully from my end from simmy's end and from your end will line up perfectly and we will be able to enjoy this experience together so simmy anything you need or want to say before we get started on this no let's 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 uh let's let the good times roll all right I'm about to open up a can of good times or something um <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. Happy 420 tomorrow. It's 420. Woo! Make sure you uh, you leave your cookies and uh, beer out for Snoop Dogg. I swear I'm not smoking pot tonight, guys. I promise. I swear it. <laughs> no, it's like Lent. You give it up until 420, and yeah. then the, just from then on. <laughs> All right, guys. So now's the time to queue up to zero hours, zero minutes, zero seconds get those subtitles on get a little bit of ambient volume on i know simi and i might take a couple seconds to adjust on our ends and we are going to lead you right into the podcast again i'm going to say three two one go when i say go you should hit play and this should line up simi i just realized my headphones for my tv are not on so i'm going to put those on they're right here i'm gonna put them on right now bada bing bada bam bada boom all right let me make sure i have a decent number of volume okay all right here we go buddy ready for the countdown i'm ready all right three two one go yeah you good i think we're good a long time ago the galaxy far far away yeah uh here we go guys Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Simmy, thoughts? I love how it just jumps in without the, with no music. Like, that's just awesome. You know, like, it just all of a sudden starts. You're expecting it, but it's not a Star Wars. It's a Star Wars story. So, the difference. I thought it was a brilliant and necessary decision to not do the normal Star Wars opening crawl music to separate itself. Some people were like disappointed by it, but people are dumb. Here we go. Boom. A person is smart. People are stupid. Love Krennic's theme. Love Krennic's theme. 
Look how beautiful this is. Okay, so this planet is called Lamu, and it's quite near Mandalore and Yavin 4, actually. Look at this. Already looks way different than anything we've seen. Oh, baby chin! So just feel free to jump in anytime. Boom, they're monitoring it. There's her dad, Galen, her mom, Lyra. If you read the book Catalyst, you learn about them. They're awesome. They really did a good job with her, too. I mean, it's it's kind of a brief little scene here, but... Oh, they're a dead ringer for each other. I mean, that, yeah. is, that is baby Jen. Yeah, her face is so right on. So I had not read Catalyst, sorry, I had not read Catalyst before this, but I did know more of the background than the average viewer, and when I went back and read Catalyst, gave me a new appreciation. Go ahead, buddy. No, I was just going to say... Uh, my just growing up, my my I grew up with a lot of professors. My father was a professor, and Galen looks like a scientist. You know what I mean? Like he, you know, just the whole like it was a great casting job. Like he really is who I would imagine. Look at that shuttle. It's a pro- look a prototype so, of Kylo shuttle. I was just you say Kylo. It, I was saying it looks like a prototype of Kylo's shuttle. It Here does. It, it really does. I understand. So, like with Wonder Woman, the final Rogue One trailer was an origin story trailer where we start with young Jin, we meet her dad, we had never seen Mads Mikkelsen before in the previous trailers, and it really takes you in. And suddenly, I watched like a dozen and a half fan reactions to the final Rogue One trailer last night in preparation. People were mm-hmm. blown away. The, n- these Neither of these two guys had been revealed. The Galen connection to the Death Star was a completely new revelation. People were blown away. Vader was shown for the first time. They killed it with the final Rogue One trailer. Maybe the the best Star Wars trailer ever. Here we go. So did you have a sense of what was going on here? Like what Galen was, why he was being chased, why she had to run? No, I think I think coming into this, I didn't really know exactly uh, what to expect because, like, you, you, it was the first of everything that was kind of coming out. And, you, like, and it was, like, kind of a different uh, tone that it was taking with, with everything. And there weren't Jedis. I knew that's the only thing I really knew about it going in. And I really fell in love with, like, Jin's story, you know, and and some of these characters. This is a great standoff. Two of the best actors on the planet. <laughs> God, he's so insufferably lovable. There are certain like villains who you just hate, and that's how you know they're just a tremendous actor. Yep, like you just hate him, and he looks. I mean, the way the costuming is done and everything, it just looks like so much to the time frame of what they were doing back in, in, in A New Hope. Yeah. You get the cape, but it also looks waterproof. So it's like it's like right. this field uniform. Everyone loved the Death Troopers. Sorry, go ahead. And the new troopers were incredible. Yeah. No, no we were about to say the same thing. Like, they were just, they were just different and, like, scarier. Because, like, maybe it's because, like, Han and... And, and Luke dress up like stormtroopers and they do like the whole double like agent thing to like make them think and uh, in, in hope that they're going to be this other kind of like the, the whole dupe that they do. So there's almost like something fun loving about a stormtrooper in the original movies or a little bit comic, even comic relief that you see, uh, you know, in the newer Star Wars. But these guys just look like they, they just want to kill people. 
you know? So in order to make them look really menacing, other than being black, they cast tall, thin guys so that they could put armor on them and still look slim. Part of why Stormtroopers look goofy is there's so much armor that they just look, you know, a little cartoonish. These guys do not. Look how menacing this is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a more slender build, and she does not fuck around. Mm-mm. It's funny too. She's actually much younger than she looks. They have to make her look much older to for the situation. When you see her earlier in the movie, she looks much younger. She's great in the book because she's the one who picks up on Krennic's bullshit and Catalyst well before Galen is willing to acknowledge it. Well, Galen wants to believe it because it's supporting his work. Yep. You know, and it's all and his family. You know, people are interested in his work. People are interested oh. in him doing things. He's important. She aimed for the heart and missed. God. And it's during the time of the Clone Wars, and so it provides a certain amount of protection for his family. Absolutely. Here we go. I always wonder what's going through his mind during this point. Like, he knows Jin is doing this. So do you think Lyra, I mean, she wants to kill Krennic, but do you think she's also stalling for time with that whole thing? I think ultimately that is what she's doing, yes. Yeah. I think ultimately she was going to oh. go with her, but thought, and I think she also wanted to kill Krennic. I thought maybe she thought that she could, you know, hit a gash into the Empire if she killed Krennic. And this is one of those classic, so glad it's Star Wars and not Star Trek, because they don't have some, like, convenient scanning device to scan the whole cave, you know? And they're like, oh, nobody's here, we'll move on. And it's a good hiding place. I mean, oh, it looks like one of the rocks. Guess who's coming? I like how they reference this in Rebel Rising. Oh, yeah. Uh, like how this is her this is her sad space, mm-hmm. you know? Just like they jump to occasionally, I, if I think I remember correctly, Rebel Rising, her in the prison cell and Wobani at the beginning of the what's coming up. They sort of go right. to her head. Here we go, buddy. Uncle Saw. Oh. Child. My child. <laughs> Come. <sighs> yes. Here it goes. So I couldn't decide when I was listening to Rebel Rising if I wanted them to do a Rebel Rising movie or if I wanted them to do a movie called Saw. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I mean, I like Bobo Fat. And I like Jango Fat, and I like, but I I like the whole thing about them being bounty hunters, and I like their character, but like, like I just don't care that much about Boba Fat and Jango Fat. I mean, I know they're the the, the root of the clones, and I know he's like the bounty hunter. I get it, but like, Saw is something different, you know, like. So uh, Lucas had big plans for Sakura well before he sold to Disney. He wanted to do a show or maybe even a movie about him. So they didn't put him in this just to please Lucas. It worked for their purposes, but it, it was great synergy. I know Lucas was thrilled that Saw was in this movie. And I hope they do more with Forrest Whitaker before he gets too old to do uh, another role. Because unfortunately, spoiler alert, He's not in this movie very much. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's this scene and, like, a few other scenes. But he is the the key connecting figure. I mean, he's what ties the first half of the movie with the second half of the movie, basically. Yeah. The same way how this movie ties all of A New Hope together. You know, like, but... I don't know. I mean, he's also Forrest Whitaker, so how much were they going to pay him? You know, like, this is a cool scene. Yeah, I um, loved Diego Luna going back to some of his early Mexican movies that he did. I was thrilled about this casting. But as I've said, man, they needed a guy who could straight up murder a friend here and you still have him be on your side or give him a chance, right? Because it'd be so easy to just hate this guy. Yeah, they can make him a bad guy. He, he is a bad. I mean, you make him a bad guy right away. He like this is a this is a dick move. <laughs> He's gonna kill his informant. When you look on the look on his face after he does it, and the guilt and shame and regret. I mean, he just he immediately kept me on his side. I wanted to know why he had gotten so hardened. We've all done things. Yeah, for the rebellion. Oh, he just says Saw's right. Right, so they know about Saw. <laughs> My gloves. <laughs> the uh, Like with Last Jedi, the side characters uh, casting in this movie is spot on. This guy is great for this role. Yeah, he's such a stoolie. Like he looks like he's the he's the informant. Yeah, oh it'll my be gosh. all right. Oh, shoots him right in the back. Look at Diego Luna's face. It's like one more assassination that he has to just file away. In his- Grit and bear. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah! Great scenery of Jetta. This is awesome. This scene, this this the zoom out because they, they do it so quick. You don't necessarily see it at first. The giant Jedi statue. Look at yeah. that! Oh. <laughs> if you if you're not paying attention and eating popcorn, you'll miss it. So I I listened to I think the most downloaded Star Wars podcast is by a bunch of uh, YouTubers with a big following called the Star Wars New Canon Book Club. Uh-huh. And they they were giddy as hell after seeing Rogue One. And one of the guys summed it up perfectly. And the first question they asked each other was, you know, what if you had to sum up this movie in one sentence, what would it be? And I think the guy Alex said, it was as if Gareth Edwards drilled into my brain, discovered everything I loved about Star Wars, and made all of those things happen in a new way. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much how I feel. Sounds about right. The separate, the partisans. Um, Bodhi uh, is a very tricky character. He'd be very easy to be a forgettable character compared to the other guys, but Riz Ahmed, uh, being such a great actor, brings a really great subtlety um, and sort of heroicness to the role, I thought, especially with the implied relationship uh, with um, Galen Erso, which we don't learn. Galen Erso. Okay, so I'm going to say this once. And I'm, I'm not going to say it again. I'm in love with Felicity Jones in this movie. There's no two ways about it. I had to see it many times in order to assess that I loved it for all the reasons other than just in love with Jyn Erso. You guys know it. Jyn Erso is my waifu. There, I've said it. That's my one time, Simi. Uh, uh, go ahead. 
she's just such a badass, and I'm glad they really got into her backstory a little bit in this movie, but they didn't do it justice, to be honest. Like, there's the one scene where she takes out, like, five or six stormtroopers coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, she's Saw Gerrera's daughter. You know what I mean? Like, and she's not a Jedi, but I mean, she's like, even this scene where she this just, like, great. takes out two guards. These guys are saving her. It's taking them out. And then, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great scene. This is a great scene. Congratulations. Congrats. <laughs> oh, Yavin 4, baby. Talk about a new hope. Oh, wow. That's, they really did it well. You know, some of the scenery and just these, these, wow. These temples look great. I mean, this looks exactly like the hangar from the first movie on Yavin 4. Right, just crisper. Yeah, just with better lighting, essentially. Yeah. Wait, is that Chopper? That was Chopper. Yep. There he is. Yeah. Well, that's his homage. This is guy's a great British actor. That's in a lot of like British TV and stuff. He's awesome as the rebel commander who's too ruthless. Oh God. They should have made that list a little bit longer. You know, I think it. This whole scene was longer, but again, they had to cut everything for time. But I think they could have. But they don't want her to be too much of a criminal. Like you want to believe all those charges are trumped up and stuff. And they didn't want to have too many of those comic relief moments that they have because they just had one, so they didn't want to have another one. You know what I mean? Like they could have been the resistance. All right, here it is. First sexy look between the two of them. I, I want to do a sexy look counter for the movie. This is the first time. So when this was revealed in the trailer, Simi, people were shocked, unless they were the hardest of the hardcore fans. Shocked in what way? No one knew that her dad was involved with the Death Star whatsoever. Oh. Until the final trailer, like two months before. Oh, I love this. They know about Saw and her. This is why it's brilliant storytelling. In order to make this character the most interesting possible, they needed the dad to be who he is and sort of blackmail her right into the situation. Which I think, um, I think, I think there was a very uh, easy decision as a child to watch A New Hope and those Star Wars and think about the rebels as the obvious uh, good guys. Do you know what I mean? Like. It was just clear, like, they're good and they're bad. And I think what was what was dark about this movie, other than the ending, was that, you know, like, the, there's a lot of blood on their hands, too. You know, and they talk about that a lot in uh, Rebel Rising, just, like, the things that, like, Saw went through and, the thing, and who he is. And then, uh, you know, Leia talks about that later, later on yep. uh, in, not in Catalyst, but in... Um, Sorry, I'm brain farting. Anyways. Really quickly, Genevieve O'Reilly, a dead ringer as Mod Mothma. God bless her. Look. Oh, God. She looks like as if they've, they've just literally yeah. uh, 
uh, like just superimposed it and it's a cartoon. Okay, you know? little it's, piece it's, of trivia. Mon Mothma was filmed as part of the council in episode three, Revenge of the Sith, and that scene got cut. And this woman played Mon Mothma in that scene. Ten years later, she gets to it. actually play it in an amazing performance. Because she basically is her. She's she, her. Like, that they, she walks around in, in Britain, probably, because oh. that's where she's obviously from. And <laughs> Genevieve O'Reilly. Genevieve O'Reilly. Our boy Jimmy Smith's just showed up. Oh, he's just the shit. All right, here we go, baby. Here we go. So Yevon 4 moved from Dantooine. Uh, for the hardcore fans from the original trilogy, Leia tells them that the base is on Dantooine as opposed to Yevon 4 to throw them off the plan. Instead, they blow up Alderaan, which is her home. So that had been the Rebels' base, both of which are close to the planet uh, Jin uh, on. Here we go. God, I love Alan Tudyk's performance. <laughs> okay. He's everything R two D two isn't. So, I mean C three PO isn't. So, so you think you know if you're like Bizzle, when was when was the moment you fell in love with Jin Erso? I told you I was going to say it once, but fuck it, right? And you think, oh, you know, you love, you know, full-bodied Star Wars women being badasses. I'm like, yes, that's true. But it's actually this moment up here where she ganks a, a gun. And they're just like, where'd you get it? And she's just like, she's I, like found I found it. it. And she sounds just like her little girl self. I'm like, oh, cute and sexy. I am in. I am so in on cute and sexy. She's also not hiding it. Mm-mm. She's shameless. She wears everything on her sleeve. <laughs> Is this where she says trust? See, I don't necessarily love that line. I know how to use it. It makes it sounds like she has to. She, I feel like Rebel Rousing. I think that was a sarcasm, Simi. Yeah, I guess yeah. it was. It was definitely like, sarcasm. I think she would have just put it in her pocket and yeah. been like, fuck you. You know, like, of course I have a Okay, blaster. so I'm also going to talk about this hopefully just once, which is they did do significant reshoots on this movie. Uh, all movies have big reshoots. This one, though, had content reshoots. And the major, the major thing was... Jin was too much of a hard ass in the initial version and they needed to want preserve her being a badass, but just make her okay. a little bit more sweet, cute and likable, which I am so thrilled that they did. But that sarcastic okay. line where she goes, I rebel and the original trailers was completely cut. Obviously I actually like that line, but I think they needed to make her more three dimensional and believable. Okay. That makes more sense. She can't just come, you know, spitting spitting hot fire right away. I mean, I loved Princess Leia in the first movie in the first half of Empire, but it's not yeah, until... she grabs the gun and starts shooting. It's great, but until she starts feeling vulnerable in Cloud City and then her feelings for Han, she doesn't truly become a three-dimensional character. They need These characters need to have compassion and love, even if it's buried deep down, to be a true Star Wars good guy lead, I think. 
If she was just a bitter, sarcastic badass, it wouldn't work for anybody. People were worried about that in the early trailers with Jin. And when they got to see the rebellions are built on hope, Jin, from the final trailer, people were like, okay, we're in. We are in on this. God, he's so good. So, spoiler alert. A lot of fans either didn't get or didn't love everything with Saw Gerrera in this movie. I love everything. The hardcore fans I know love everything with Saw, but I know you and I are on the same page about Saw. I just didn't love that. I felt like they could have done a little bit more. They could have even done, like, maybe a flashback other than the one. Maybe. You know? But remember, he's the first cartoon character to come to the screen he has an entire arc of himself and even reappears in multiple points in the Clone Wars. They knew he was going to be on Rebels. You got to leave some stuff for the fans. And why not have Sagrera yeah. be that character that carries through all the media? Oh, look at that. He's on his last leg. Bogle. I, I won't lie to you that I agree. I wanted more <laughs> Saw. But like with Leia in Episode Eight, where I desperately wanted more Leia... I was still thrilled with what I got. That's sort of how I feel about it here, especially because he's there during the uh, maybe most touching dramatic scene in the movie, which is Jin and the hologram of her dad. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is when everyone's going. We've heard Tarkin is in this. We've heard Vader is in this. We know it's going to happen when, where, and how, right? God, it's a great scene. Did you know the CGI thing before you saw? No. I uh, And I didn't even notice it. I didn't even actually know it until much later, actually. Yeah, it was blown up by nerds who, A, heard about it ahead of time, and B, play thousands of hours of video games, and so can tell. That Yeah, it's too perfect right there. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but as the movie goes on, it actually gets better. Like, they got it, they yeah. nailed it more as the movie went on. When he's in the shadows, though, it looks great. Dude, as soon as you know, it sucks. But if you don't know, you it'd be real. You, you you could let your brain would go with it. I mean, I'm the guy who likes the Neo versus a Thousand Smiths fight in the Matrix Reloaded, so I don't give a fuck. I think this is awesome. I could care less that I know that it's CGI, but I know I'm in the minority on that. The other thing is, TVs are so much better these days. You just see everything so much, and screens, you know. People don't realize right. it's not just that vid- movie screens are bigger these days. It's that the clarity is like, th- you know, 6K or something. Yeah. I mean, I watch sports and then I'll watch uh, some vintage game from just like 10 years ago or even five years ago from like the playoffs. And you're like, how can anyone even and- tell what's going on in this freaking hockey game? <laughs> I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, where is that? Remember when they uh, highlighted the puck? Yep. That didn't work out. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, I love this quick flashback. So this is it. This is in Catalyst. This is in Catalyst. Yeah, this Let's is like see. right. Actually, this is the final time they're together. It's right after this meeting where he comes to reassure them that Lyra has convinced Galen, I believe, to leave. So they're acting comfortable, but Jin can obviously sense that something's going down. I believe they leave right after this meeting. Okay, there's Lyra looking way younger. Look, Krennic looking sinister. Yeah, dude. I, I, it's been a while since I read Catalyst, but I remember being shocked that they went directly from that scene to running away, I think. 
Sorry, it's my cat. <laughs> I was like, that's not in the movie. You could, If you had just let it go, people would have been like, oh, maybe they had a cat. So I love the bit, a little bit of the, the playful trolling of fans that her having a kyber crystal was some sort of indication that she was a Jedi or something. In fact, it just has to do with the fact that her dad basically discovered how to use kyber crystals to provide unlimited clean energy. Um, so it has to actually do more with science to her until she meets Chirrut. And she starts to think about it. But I mean, you know, it's interesting how little Jedi's play in this movie and like how much the force does. Cause like, that's kind of the whole point, like her destiny and like who she is and who she, who she will become in this movie and like her, how important she is to the rebellion, you know, and that's all part of the force. And that was Saw's point too, about leaders and stuff. She, she ignites a part of the rebellion that wouldn't happen without her. That was very intricate. I mean, they basically lose, like nothing happens without her. If they don't get this information to the rebellion and these, the death star plans, like they lose, it's over. I don't know if you know this, man, but during the time when Ahsoka stopped being Fulcrum, Cassian Andor briefly had the codename Fulcrum for the Alliance. So the chance that he knows Ahsoka is like a thousand percent. (laughs) Right. From what I kind of read, Ahsoka was Fulcrum, but Fulcrum was more of a unit as well. And like a certain during a time. And she went by Fulcrum, but then, right, he also went by it. And it was part of a, I don't know, a movement within a movement, you know? Yeah. Like, they were running their own own operation. It was a cell. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cell. Because it says he was Fulcrum recruitment agent in Albario sector. So it's possible that they had, you know, five or six major sectors, each with a Fulcrum. And the Soko was, like, the main one. Tell me about Borga. Do you got anything? Borg, Borgullet? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Star Wars has had some trouble with tentacly things. Now, when they do the close-up, it actually looks great. Um, I actually think this looks pretty good. I just hate tentacle porn and stuff like that. It's like, this is a little too much. It scared the shit out of me. It scared the shit out of me. It's so gross. It's so scary. You think it's I like mean, alien. You imagine the whole thing is like, I came, I risked my life to bring you this. Yeah. And like you're making this, this, this octopus rape me. That's like, a great point. He, That's an excellent. I mean, point. like, and he gets a shitty death at the end too. I mean, okay. okay. I just want to point out some people complain. The movie starts too slow. We are literally less than a half hour in, and we are about to see the greatest Star Wars, like, urban war scene we've ever seen. Oh, this is a great shout out to, uh... (laughs) These guys, yeah. Dr. uh, Avino. Afra? 
Who are you talking about? He's a plastic surgeon. Uh, The guy. uh, And then the other guy's a... uh, not a bounty. He's a bounty hunter and a thug, and he he made himself look like that. He's actually human. That ugly motherfucker. By the way, I love the fact that the alliance knew a hundred percent where Saw was, but they needed a key for the door, and that's Jin's uh, another purpose they need Jin for. It, it's you know it's kind of like Big Brother. The rebel knows rebels know so much about Jin. I love how they complicate the alliance in this movie. It makes me love them more, knowing that they are fully three dimensional as a thing, right? And not just we're good all the time in an unbelievable way. Like, no, this is the work. This is the underground work that was put in. You know, we used to just see things from the command tower and the original, like by. Uh, by the time four, five, and six happened, you know, and the rebellion was in its full, full swing, you know, this is like, as it's, you know, really gaining power and as it really has leadership and an organization. Oh, this is a great scene. Yeah. He's a great actor. So good. <laughs> I love that look on his face and that, <laughs> Just that whole warmness of him. Oh, man. Have you seen the Ip Man movies? They are so good. No, I actually have been meaning to because of him. They're all on Netflix, man. The first couple in particular, like, as good or better than anything in The Matrix. Right? The strongest stars have hearts of Kyber. That's awesome. We get our mysticism. Oh, but I was saying before, like for for not having a single Jedi in it, I guess he's the closest thing. Yes. Shira's the closest thing to a Jedi in this thing. She's still, she's the Force. Like they both are. Yes. Like their their destiny. Like that yeah. they have a destiny that they are playing out right now. Yeah. That that happened when she was born yeah. to Galen to when she ran into that hole to when she was adopted by Saw. And, like, to where she is and who she is today, all waiting for this great moment. This, Here comes. I don't know, what do you think it is, a week? At most, maybe 48, 72 hours. Yeah. Yeah. This is very reminiscent. I mean, it's the Star Wars Disney version, but it's very reminiscent of, love that guy, uh, the movie Children of Men, when you're go- in the whole end part, where they're in the horrifying refugee camp in the future. At the end? Children of Men, where they actually need to smuggle themselves into like a death, like a concentration camp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Him and his no shoes. God, that's. I kept thinking about that the whole time. No shoes. That movie's terrifying, but I love it. Here we go. Yeah, it is great. Nice blaster chin. I dig it. I dig it. Oh. Do you know the saddest part of this? She saves this little girl, and then the whole planet gets blown up. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> maybe maybe they have a ship, though. You're, you're being a little pessimistic. Yeah. It's like, do you remember in the Battlestar miniseries where uh, newly minted President Rosalind is trying to comfort the little girl who lost her parents? Right, and then like five minutes later, they're like the president, the silence are here. We need to jump. By the way, the little girl ship can't jump, <laughs> and then we see the yeah. little girl oh, yeah, yeah, literally yeah. get killed. 
That show keeps taking some turns. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that later. By the way, I love that Cassian has to kill a rebel in order to save Jin. Doesn't think twice about it, but it gets him almost in, in huge trouble. There's the kyber crystals. That huge white thing. That's uh It looked like a wampa, but it's not. Doesn't doesn't Jin have one of those as her uh cellmate in Rebel Rising? Maybe. I love this bit here. Woo okay, uh oh. This is great urban warfare. She just runs out of the middle and just waits. And is like, I should probably move. Here we go. This is so believable, man, that she'd be able to do this, right? I mean, it's... <laughs> By the way, this is a direct parallel to when Finn tries to save Ray for the first time. And Ray just beats the shit out of all those skeevy dudes on, uh, on uh, Jakku. this was i think when i was like i love this movie i mean yeah Yeah, you're you're right jedda is i think everyone has a different part of jedda where they had that thought but if you're not in it by the end of this entire jedda sequence then why are you at the movies how, it's so fast moving. You're right. Even skipping the whole normal, you know, a long time ago, you know, like the whole like uh, crawl, normal Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. In, pri- <laughs> In prison. By the way, that was an accident. You can see you can see uh, Diego Luna laughing. That happened as as a semi accident during the shoot as an improv from Alan Tudyk, who was there on stilts, and they kept the shot, the very first shot, where you can sort of see uh, Diego Luna laughing behind his hand because he was wasn't expecting it. Yes. And we needed this so that when she says, may the force be with us at the end, we really bought it, right? Right. That's the point. He's the one that keeps the force in the whole thing. But it's very much part of the force, even though there are no Jedis. His theme with the flute is reminiscent of Rey's theme. And I believe Chirrut is the only minor good guy character to ever have his own entire theme suite in Star Wars. I'll have to double check on that. Oh, here we go. He does every single one of these. He's things. like, they're really going to shoot me. God <laughs> yeah. damn! You see his eyes twitch. He's like, really? Like he hears them, and he's like, oh my god, they are going to shoot me. He's fifty-five, okay. by the way. Is he really? Or yeah, somewhere wow. between fifteen and fifty-five. Is he doing all this? One hundred percent. No stunt doubles. He's fifty-five. Wow. Who wins in a cage match? Him or Jackie Chan? I don't know, but we're seeing him and Jet Li and Mulan together, so we're going to get that answered probably. I think he'd win in, uh, I think he'd beat up Jackie. Jackie Chan's a circus monkey. Let me take that back. Jackie Chan's an amazing actor in his performances. I mean, as a performer. He is not a martial artist. This guy is a martial artist. Yeah. No, no, I understand what you're saying, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, I, I think Je- oh, she's already trying to save Kate too. Love this Jen or so. Um... I was going to say, uh, Donnie Yen versus Jet Li is like Ken versus Ryu and Street Fighter. I was just going to say, that one I 
I mean, Lee's younger, so I think he probably would. Not. I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. Not, okay. that, not by so a lot. So can I reference our podcast that we did a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Do you remember one of the things I talked about loving was that it, there's only an A storyline with the B Krennic storyline. There's not multiple branching storylines that we keep jumping between like a television show. This feels more like a right. movie than the other episodes because we are literally following this group and it just gets bigger with more people over time, right? But it's one That's- narrative and I, I I know you can't do that in every movie, but it was very refreshing. Two tubes. I love how everybody knows like what they say and like what Wookiees say and like what R two D two and Shoppers say. They all know it, but no one's. The, the, well, we're gonna have to learn what how Han knows how to speak Wookiee in the new movie because not everyone understands Chewbacca. So it's, it'll be interesting. How old are you? <laughs> Hundred and ninety years old. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I cannot wait. Look at that Star Destroyer. Oh, my God. So, you know, the implication is if you know your canon that they're raping the planet for kyber crystals for the Death right. Star. They're mining the planet. Yep. Uh, Donnie Yen is 55 years old. You were right. You said that. And, then and how old Jet is Lee? Lee is 55 years old. Oh my god. They are separated by a mere two months. Wow. And they're both they from China. Yeah. I just, yeah, I knew that. Different parts, though. Did they work with, uh, with Jackie Chan? Because, like, he has this whole... Well, they have this whole, like, group of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jackie Chan was in Bruce Lee movies. Yeah, yeah. Let's, well, let's, hold on. We'll get back to that later. Anyway, so, we digress. The, part of the reason Canto Bite didn't work for me great is because what we see here and what we've already seen of Lando's underground informal casino in the Solo movie feels more Star Wars-y to me when it comes to this kind of stuff than the Las Vegas vision. Um it makes total sense that there would be a Vegas in the Star Wars galaxy. It's just not nearly as appealing. <laughs> I thought they did a good job with this. This is how I, re- I would imagine Saw Gerrera's, like set up. Like the way he was running operations and how he was building his castle. Oh, here we go. You know. They're talking about Guardians of the Wills now. And they're arguing, the two old guys. By the way, I love that they didn't shy away from having two buddies who are both Chinese. And they just said, fuck it, these guys are just friends. Who cares? Yeah. This is the best line in the movie. Yeah, I sent to you care. Yep. Mm-hmm. He can read <laughs> right into them. And, and, and Jin is, is aware of this as well. Not nearly to, like, cheer it. All right. Have you betrayed me, child? Oh, are we not friends? <laughs> God, he's so great. Look at that hair. He's mo- God, look at him. He's like Darth Vader, basically. So this sort of gr- like brutal coldness that she's showing to him for abandoning, like this original Jyn Erso was just this type of thing.
he was trying to tell that to her the whole yeah time during Rebel Rising. Yeah, and, and she and knows she, she knows he's right. She's like she just wants to say like, but I love you. I loved you, you know, for all your nastiness and all the horrible things you did. But I still love you. Like you were still like my dad. You left me. I get it. But she's always just been left and abandoned. One time by Saw, another time by her father. By the way, that nervous thing he's doing with his lips and his face is very reminiscent of the informant in the beginnings. Little text that um, that Cassian shot. I don't know if that was intentional. This is great. You can, he's already like a dying man. Also, it's implied with the hookahs and stuff and the other route that these guys are probably all doing drugs, which would also make sense. He's so paranoid. And then she just cuts straight to the point. I love it. That's great writing. Because she's still that hardcore. Like, it hurts her to see him like this. Yeah, and now that she has a bead on her dad being alive, it's like single-minded focus, which is what you would want from a daughter. Oh, right, the cause... Here it is. Here comes a great Genarso line coming up. Except when you met Sabine and you guys came buddies. Here it comes. It's not a problem if you don't look up. Mm-hmm. Ugh, this girl deserves a childhood. I know. She gets nothing, but... She has solid one through eight. She has solid 50%. <laughs> yeah, but even then they were on the run, you know? I mean, she's been running she her whole life. She didn't know enough, though. She lived pretty well. Here we go. Credit. so his ambition is way too transparent, and they all shut him down. They should have done more like this. You would have n- never known if, like, you never have to look at him in the face. Yeah, it's only the first scene where it's obvious because it's, like, in bright light. Right. Again, I don't really care. The eyes look alive. The mouth moves fine. That's all I care about. <laughs> so I love that there you can do a single in- uh, reactor ignition. You know what's funny? Yeah. When all this happened in Hope, when you watched them destroy Alderaan, um, I feel like you have little empathy or sympathy or whatever it is because you feel like it's in a galaxy far, far away and like they have all these planets and, and everything's interplanetarial. You know what I mean? That like, yeah. you know, they don't really make you, I mean, it looks awful. It sounds horrible. You see... Leia's reaction standing there as her knowing her father's dying and knowing everybody she ever knew is dying, but <laughs> and not knowing that her father just killed her father, actually. <laughs> right, I meant stepfather. I'm sorry. No, no, I know, but like it's funny to <laughs> right. think about it in those terms. Like her actual father just father. literally killed her her adoptive father. Right, and she doesn't know that at the time, so that's so right, but that's even crazier. But all that being said, she it's still not as bad as watching them blow up this minor world right here. 
because like it's just not they just those movies for when they were and everything they just weren't as dark as as this one none of them are as dark as this one and that's the point they really well depending on where you are in the blast radius you can literally see your death coming just like Jin and cassian do at the end of the movie it's horrifying i guess there's something they they, they show you that too uh they show you the, the that viewpoint and then the other one you're only seeing leia's viewpoint so you're not really necessarily realizing that but like yeah i just remember until this point not really understanding or having the ultimate like pain that like probably deserved it like all the other times i watched all the other movies when you watch what the death star does and and like what what this science does and and like how detrimental it is and how destructive it is but the way they did it in this movie like you know it's really made me think about the whole everything differently you know and everything's more serious kind of the same way we were talking earlier in the podcast about uh you know a, the, how, how the stormtroopers weren't necessarily as scary in in a new hope and empire straight back as as some of these newer uh newer troopers so this is maybe the single greatest piece of extended just exposition ever in films. And it's because of the three of these actors' performances mixed in with shots of the Death Star getting prepared to fire. This is one of my like least favorite, not holes in the movie, but little things are just like, really? Um, that she never like grabs this... Um, Oh, she doesn't uh, take the message? The, the, yeah. Yeah, I wish it showed. But that's Jin. Like, she's not a professional. Like, she, if it's Cassian, he's always thinking about this stuff. She's completely know. just thinking about... I I, agree, I understand that. I've heard other people say it. It does make sense. But the, she's so traumatized and sad after this. And the planet's literally blowing up and saw saying, get the hell out of here. Like, yes, she should have, but I think that's a flaw in the character, not in the plot. But that's just my so This personal. is why I think it's a flaw in the plot. The same way, I think I think she's a smart enough character to look at that um, piece of her father more so as, like, even, even on the super... Forget about what it says. Even as it's at the superficial level, that it's a picture of her father calling her my stardust, literally. So... That should make this the most important thing in the world to her more than her kyber crystal. Oh. And she's kept that kyber crystal. I know. Everything. I know, Simi. I get it. I just, I'm point. so emotionally invested in everything true. going on and what I happens know, right know, now and where this I leads wish, to. I wish a rock just fell on it and it broke. That's all. It's possible that happens. The, right. look, the whole I, thing is cl- so, so right here she could grab it okay all right okay i'll get i'm just gonna give you this one because i honestly don't feel like arguing it but th- again this is my only complaint because there's this whole back and forth later where, where k2 makes sweater he's like and, and that's what she says the whole thing the whole system goes down it's really funny but like that that was my only because they could have just looped it up real quick they like, needed so, to like, make she, sure she that to grab Jin's That's existence all. continued to be extremely important. Right. I mean, look, I, I had thought I thought about that immediately as well. I love him. I just, you know, like my first thought isn't that it's a complaint. It's just that it's I'm kind of confused about it. But I don't. I just 
A complaint for me is like bad acting, bad casting, bad writing, You're bad right. shooting. That's, it's just a little bit of a hole. It's a hole. I, it is definitely like a it. hole. I just like it where you can like. I know, like, but I've, I had a conversation. I've had conversation yeah. recently with people who only like the original Star Wars trilogy, and they think Lucas is a god, and that there are no holes, technical or otherwise, in the original movies. And I'm like, well, those, you are clearly are deluded. No, but I think all art. Uh, there's no such thing as perfect, you know. I'm, I'm just saying that Save the dream, that was baby. my only complaint of this whole movie, and well, I would say the only reason why. Okay, let's. Can we it, move on? Can we please move on? Yeah. Okay. All right. Your, your color commentary. What, what do you think of the destruction of the planet? How it's manifested? This whole escape scene here. I think this whole Mission Impossible escape scene is incredible, and especially this back and forth right here. Yep. And this is why I can't watch this movie before I go to bed. But other than that, I think it's amazing. Look like, at it. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Here comes K2 it, with the Ewing, baby. I have horrible nightmares that look like this. But this is... Really? <clears throat> I mean, this is the apocalypse, you know? Like, that's what it looks like. They did a great job, too. Yep. God, look at her. And, you know, again, I, I think, Simi, if people are listening to this, they've probably listened to at least one of our podcasts, if not the most recent one. But, again, from all the guys in the ship here to, to Saw and Jimmy Smith's, it was critical they get experienced, veteran, award-winning actors for a movie like this. Ugh. <laughs> Uncle Saw. No. The first of the Rogue One crew to die. Oh, that looks great. Oh. God, this is so cool. The, the fact that this is literally the weakest thing the Death Star can do is <laughs> horrifying. I'll make them for you. That's great. So the Ewing is armed, although I don't think we see it shoot. Uh, It just would use as a transport in the movie. This is a great scene, too. <laughs> <laughs> Tarkin's got him right where he wants him. Ugh. <laughs> this is... Oh! <laughs> Fucking Empire. <laughs> right, they're talking about Bodhi. Okay, so Tarkin clearly has spies 
well embedded in Krennic's project. And it's, it's such a great character flaw of Krennic that he doesn't see that he's already owned by Tarkin, right? He, he doesn't understand that they're waiting to dispose of him as soon as they can. He's a great actor. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great British actor. Uh-huh. Ugh. All right. Here we go. Going to Edu, a planet that we saw tiny bits of in the trailers, but became such a central set piece in this movie with her dad's death that I, I didn't realize was going to be so significant. Hmm. Yeah. So he couldn't physically see it. He's obviously feeling it. Is Chirrut. He knew it. Look how angry Cassian is here having to do this. He's already pissed. Do you think that we think it's the best because it's just the best story and it's just open and closed and it just it's just this neat bow of an amazing movie and it's not Yeah. I think trilogies are exhausting. Yeah. I mean, I love the trilogies because of my addictionism that like I always want more and then like with it like it just keeps coming and like there's so much promise yeah. for more so, sorry but there's something yeah I, I just gotta stop you really quickly this little scene here is really easy to miss where he tells her how inspirational her dad was and getting him to do the right thing I mean Jin literally connects with each of the crew members over the course of movies in different ways and that is just brilliant writing. Yep. But the thing is to me, they do bring up the fact that she doesn't have the chip and it's going to make things difficult. That's why it bothered me less, because they acknowledge that that was a problem. Right. And she's going, oh, no, shit, I fucked up. No, it makes it more of a story. It's like I didn't study for a test, it's kind of, you know, when you realize that you had a test you forgot about or something. Like, she's got that look like, holy shit. Like, she looks like she knows she should have done it. I'm not saying it excuses it, but whatever. I, I always give movies credit for acknowledging, you know, weirdness. Yep. <laughs> The two guys that have a little bit of force sensitivity or whatever you want to call it are immediately on Jin's side. Bodhi's on Jin's side because of her dad, so now it's a matter of getting K2 and Cassian on her side, right? You know, now after finishing Rebels Rising, she... I mean, she's just such a strong woman, you know? And, like, there's just no backstory, so... Without the Force. It, and she doesn't have the Force, like Ray. Right, because even in the beginning, they're, they're starting kind of hinting towards it. But, like, she... She just, take, she just takes control. And, like, it was a little surprising, I guess, when I was first watching it with no backstory. You know, you just... But you fall in love with her, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean... 
the the level of agitation uh, that Krennic displays makes way more sense when you read Catalyst and how frustrated he's been with this project and Galen over the years. <laughs> This ends up actually being one of the more epic parts of the movie when the X-Wings and Y-Wings come in and the bombing run starts. I mean, that's the thing to me. I, I'm, I, I stopped your, your big picture thinking before. I didn't mean to. I just wanted to point out the Bodhi Jin stuff about Galen. But I, you're totally right. I think it's because it just does everything that I like in my movies. It does it, and it does it well from beginning to end, and it puts a bow on it. Yeah, I, I yeah. Oh, this is some great scenery, man. They were going right at the base too. This has probably actually helped them in a weird way. They would have gotten maybe shot down. Boom. I mean, this. I think the special effects in this movie look better than the special effects in Force Awakens, and as good, at least as as Last Jedi. Yeah, if your communication nitpick was about the message I saw, my communication nitpick would be about the fact that they can't call off the mission in the middle of the mission here. When they realize when their people are on the ground and that Galen's not the real target. Oh, Chirrut knows. Chirrut totally knows what's going down here. He's already summed up Cassian about being a prisoner in his own mind, right? <laughs> this is a super lame excuse for her not to come. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. They keep shooting to Chirrut just sitting there. It's great. He's clocking the whole thing. Yeah. And I love by the end they're calling her little sister. Oh, it just gives me chills. Yeah, that's why people don't realize this is a like 48 to 72 hour long experience and these people become like blood brothers with each other, you know? He has the face of a friend, right. So that's the positive side of Andor. K2. K2, way to so bl- not your boy. Way, way to blow up your b- boy's spot, huh? Right. But I think K2 is already calculating that this is a bad idea, even though he loves Cassie and doesn't trust Jen. Like, K2 doesn't try and even stop Jen there. So, yeah, so, you know, the Jim Black series figure I got is her Edu gear with the, the adorable hat and then the big gun and everything. Yeah, this almost looks like Terminator stuff, you know. It's like I would love to see a Cassian story too. Oh yeah, the Cassian K two comics are are pretty good. Um, have you read them? Mm-hmm. 
Yep, but there's like a whole book or story about Chirrutin Bays that's supposed to be really good. I've not read. How many uh, comics are in the Cassian and Ketus uh, series? Um, somewhere between six and twelve, just regular issues, I assume. That's it. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't. Have, I don't huh. need luck. I have you. Uh, I don't mean to quiz you. I'm just. Uh, I always just pop into. No, I was just quoting. I was just good. <laughs> K two. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so it's like, is K2 saying, I'm going to insist we leave without them? Or is he saying Cassian is going to make the decision to leave, I mean, without them? It's, I love the, the ambiguity there. You never know where K2's mind is exactly, which is great. I, I think he's like being like a, like a spoiled like older brother, like, yeah. we're going to leave without them. Like, not really thinking that we're actually going to leave without them, but just being like... You know, if they don't come now, then yeah. we're going to order without them. And they'll just have to order, watch us eat. Yeah. You know, like, or I don't know. <laughs> like a brother and sister fight. Yeah. So another answer to your question that we should continue throughout about, you know, why is this one so great is it does, like, really big world-building stuff incredibly well. Like, the Galen or so being the one who put the flaw in the Death Star is, like, literally the most brilliant and straight-to-the-point solution you could have come up with to explain... Talk about a hole in the original trilogy. We Now we don't see it as a hole because we've seen Rogue One, but before Rogue One, I mean, the port that happened to blow up the Death Star was, like, this ginormous hole in the original movie. This is the most brilliant way to come up with it. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you just have pure visceral awesomeness like the Vader scene at the end, which is just purely for fan service. And I love. So, it, you know, it like hits that whole spectrum. And also maybe because it's not part of the trilogy, it does this because it like it, you don't need to like Star Wars to like this movie. Mm hmm. I think you could just watch this movie and like if you if you're from another planet you've never heard of Star Wars and I wanted you to like Star Wars and you're like I don't know 15 or something I think I'd have you watch this one. Oh, I think this movie tracks better with non or casual Star Wars fans than with hardcore fans. Cuz you wouldn't ruin anything too. Because like, you know, if I was a purist and I found someone who I knew was going to like watch everything from the start to finish or something I would start the way I watched it, but like in the order that they came out. Yeah. I think it's a look and feel thing though, too, is if you've only seen the original trilogy and you're not a huge Star Wars fan, this will immediately feel like Star Wars to you. Whereas the new seven and eight won't. Oh, that's true too. But if, if you weren't, if you just, if I just, someone, if someone was like, I, you wanted to hook someone on wanting to watch all of them. What movie would you make them watch? I think it would be this one because it's a, it's just a great movie. Start to finish this whole oh this is a great scene too. So good, look at that gun, man. Mads Mikkelsen and Ben Mendelsohn just killing it in these scenes. Unbelievable. Mendelsohn's like a hero, like. In Australia, for being for his acting chops, they call him Mendo. He's a great actor. 
Yep, he can't do it. He can't do it. He- I knew that I knew Krennic was going to do it anyways, but it didn't make it any less vicious. He tried to sacrifice himself. He was a good man, Galen. Galen was a great man. He he was just wasn't too naive. Right. And he thought his daughter was safer with Saw. Yeah. Than uh, with him. And he wasn't <laughs> really wrong. She totally just Ezra'd that guy down the side of the cliff. <laughs> that was a... Oh, I like how you used that. Yeah. Although not using the force, I guess. <laughs> Is he your favorite droid? Yes. Well, I don't know. I think Chopper might be my favorite, yeah. Yeah, but like in the movies, I guess. Do you know why? The thing is, K2 is so human and so smart and so independent that he feels it's more like a crew member who happens to be a droid as opposed to Chopper who like sums up everything about, you know, droids. Right. I don't know. Who's who's your favorite? I you know I I initially want I want to say K two, um, and but then as you said as you saw I said Chopper, but then like I have like a, I guess I kind of feel like R two D two is like my bottom bitch. You know what I mean? Like I was wrong. I was wrong. Fleet Command does try and stop it, but they're already engaged, so their their comms right. are their comms are purely local at that point. That actually makes sense. <clears throat> That's standard procedure for for secret missions is to, you know, come silent once you're engaging. And he's and look at him. That's the thing. This movie, I don't know, Simi. People were like, it should have felt more like a war movie. I don't know how you make a Star Wars film at PG thirteen more a war movie than this. I swear, I I don't know what people are talking about. If that's what they said, that's crazy. Oh shit! Krennic was about to shoot Jin. I totally forgot about that. Oh man, this is glorious. Oh, that makes me think of the ending scene. Yeah. Who who are you? <laughs> I'm Jin Erso, Galen Erso's daughter. Who? Oh, you! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's almost like he he wants to say the word bitch, but he can't say it. You know, like and then and then she just owns him. No, I think he I think he's genuinely confused as to. Well, I think he's also wife. annoyed because she keeps getting in the way of Popping his plans. Up. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, <laughs> who the fuck do you yeah. wait, wait? Who like what? Do you know who I am? Oh, here we go. Yes, the light bow. Boom. Bye-bye, Ty-Fi. Oh, the light bow is such a great design. Boom. Oh, that's a great scene. Oh, great scene. The thing is, even if we didn't get the massive space battle at the end of this movie, it, I would have still been totally satisfied. Even if we didn't get that much Vader at the end of the movie, I would still be totally satisfied. The fact that we're about to get those things... I mean, you just, this is literally two hours of sex, movie sex, like where you are slowly building up a climax for two freaking hours. It's just brilliant. Not, I don't want every movie to be like this, if that makes sense to me. But like with this one, I, I love that it just builds and builds and builds and builds. That might be actually the same plant, the same, uh, fighter as Kylo's. 
It's close. Kyla's might just be custom, oh. but I think it's the same one. I'll have to check. Oh, Stardust. Uh, oh, Papa. This is, of course, reminiscent of Vader's death. Where she's like, I'm going to save you. I'm going to get you out of here. It's too late for me. <laughs> Can you imagine what that must be like as a dad? Oh, they just kill him. No long speech. They just fucking kill him. It's a relationship that was never had. Oh. She doesn't even care. No, she's in another world. I like how small she looks and how large she looks. Come on, Jen. Go, go. You're a soldier, Jen. That's how he starts talking to her. Also, Jin's music is excellent. I mean, it's not Ray level great, but it's excellent. Yeah. Actually, they basically... Oh, yeah, baby. The auto blaster. Woo! <laughs> I have no fear. God, this looks good. Yes. Yes. God, they keep leaving catastrophe. You're a rebel now. Yep. So for these scenes, they actually lowered an actual like Ewing on strings with a green screen behind it, and they got in the actual fucking thing. Oh wow! Yeah, there's like two or three scenes where you see them board like on the fly like that, like with the Firefly and and, and Serenity. And look at this, I love this. She's completely in shock. We see yet another planet explode. Great. Basically, right. I love how angry Cassian is. He's angry at everybody, most uh, especially himself. She's about to confront him. Oh. Yeah, those are her boys. Those are her boys. They got her back. You know, that's the first time I noticed that. God, look at those eyes. I'm sorry. Where he grabs her hand. Yeah. I never noticed that. Yep. Oh, God, this is so good. Yep. She put it all together. <laughs> yeah. He's right, though. He do- he disobeyed orders. But he did go up to the point of doing it, and that's what she's saying. Like, the fact that you were even considering it and lied to me about it. Right, here it is. And he's going to be here. He's right. He's right when he says you wouldn't understand that. Because she's never been in a situation like no, this. No, she's always been on her own. This is the I've been the fight since I'm six years old. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. It works so great that he's Mexican, because he's like a Che-esque revolutionary, you know? It, like, it's perfect. 
Yeah. She's not going to let him go. But this is it. Oh, here, here's more sexy face. Even though they're arguing, that is definitely some sexy face. Sexy face. Shot number two, sexy face. Oh, yeah. There's at least two or three more that I, I know are coming. And this is the place where the Bizzle spills his soda and we take a pee break. Pee back in 20 seconds. All right, so we're about to talk a little Vader. We're here on Mustafar. They decided not to put the uh, Must- the title of Mustafar like we've seen with the other planets because they wanted it to still be a little bit of a surprise about Vader and leave a little bit of mystery. Uh, Simi, can you talk about what's about to happen here? Yeah, I mean, just Vader's overall dominance over people. It's just another awesome example um, this great give and take and other awesome, awesome scenes, how you get to see a little bit more behind the curtain of what is Vader. I mean, that was the whole thing. I loved uh, Revenge of the Sith only for the part where you get to see how Vader was created. But look at this. You get to actually, like, what is he? No arms. In what state yeah. is he? You know, like, what's he made out of? Like, how much is flesh? Can he breathe in that point? But that was way more than they even gave you in Revenge of the Sith. So. Yeah, in the Revenge of the Sith, we got, no! That's what we got. But it was uh, the whole, like, putting his bones together and, like, structuring everything. So, the uh, the reveal at the very end of the final Rogue One trailer of Vader, which everyone had a nerdgasm over, was this shot right here. But you couldn't see who he was walking towards, and they speed it up a little bit, so it looks like he's striding to kill. Because they didn't want to show this actual killing scene, but they wanted to show that Vader was going to do something. So they struck a great balance in the middle. Oh, here we go. This is such a great scene. He's scary as fuck. And the costume still looks awesome 40 years later. They really changed very little on it. If anything, I think it's just the, uh, the his cape used to have like things, uh, a chain keeping it together or no yep. chain. But mm-hmm. Also, um, they have simplified the little keypad on his belly or whatever. I agree, yeah. It looks like he has more movement available. And so, you know, when you're trying to recreate an iconic villain from 40 years ago, it's always like, is it more distracting to change nothing, or is it actually more distracting to not change something a little bit, you know, like tweak it to make it work with the modern sensibility the thing is though man is the rogue one aesthetic is so similar to like the empire strikes back aesthetic that they didn't really have to do much well here it is <laughs> so i'm still in come on <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of uh in in batman do you feel like you're in charge 
Oh, Bane? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I love Bane. I love The Dark Knight Rises. That's another story. I'm a huge fan too. of that movie. I like the whole, uh, you know, Batman Begins. The trilogy's great. The whole, the okay. whole Christian Bale. All right. Here we are. There's Admiral Radis. Oh, this is amazing. The amount of characters here. Jimmy. Radis. He's... He's cooler than Akbar. Akbar is to- always skeptical. Radis is just like, let's fight, let's fuck him up. Yeah, that prawn doesn't give a fuck. It's interesting that Cassian's not in this meeting. It's almost like he recused himself from being here. He's kind of the Poe, though, isn't he? He's their top agent, and he's been with Jin the whole time. So why is Jin there, not him? I yeah, think. but these are like these are like the leaders all talking. It's actually surprising. The only reason why she's here is just because like, she's the intelligence she knows. because they, she's not a, she's not a holocube, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, Cassine's organizing the resistance right now, which is great. Right. Love it. He's the coup, you know, he's the military. The military has the truth that, you know, the politics talks and the politics runs but the second the military doesn't, you know, necessarily align with the politics, to a certain extent, they're going to go off on their own, you know? So I just want to point out the obvious, but that doesn't seem obvious to people. Jin Erso began the rebellion that we know of, essentially. I mean... She is the spark. If not for this speed... T- if, if She's the actual spark. I know they say the rebels are the spark of the rebellion, but Jin Erso is actually the true spark of the rebellion. And that's what I was. We were talking about earlier too, just how like this moment, this this two days or three days or one week or whatever it is, like she's been building and training Here and living for this. I love the rebellions are built on hope, and f- fuck you out there if you're so cynical and say it's just a corny line. It's Star Wars, people. A new hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Come on. Yeah, you're just a trumper if you're saying it's just a corny line because you're stuck in something against the rebellion. And also, as we talked about, lacking the self-awareness of all the corny lines from the original trilogy that we love. Oh, God. Great speech by Jen. I love it. And this is great filmmaking. Is Some people say Diego Luna's change of heart happens too quickly, but if you watch his performance the entire movie, it's been building and building all the stuff he's had to do to this point. Here we go. Change of heart. Here we go. Change of heart. That's who he was. He's obviously with her. So this is great. Yes, the force is strong. (sighs) (laughs) What? Uh, he always knows he's like uh, yes that's why yep yeah god that's a great scene the way she- I love curtsy uh sexy face extended sexy face scene number three. Oh, the curtsy though is like a uh Han Leia back and forth I appreciate the support very Han Leia Oh, this is great. This speech, though. We've all done terrible things on behalf of the rebellion. That's fucking great! Yep. Yep. Spy, saboteur, assassin. assassin. Yeah. Awesome! Yep. The dirt, the grit, the reality of yep. rebellion. Rebellion isn't 
twittering from your page. It's but it's so transformative because he could j- just say it was all for nothing. But what he says is, it's not for nothing if I join you now and we actually do this. Right. It will have been worth it, or some of it will have been worth it. Right. I couldn't face myself. I gave up now. Ugh. Look how proud she is. Oh, she's like, I'm kind of falling in love with this guy. Too bad we haven't slept a night to where we have the opportunity to even make out, let alone good, sleep. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I, that never happened. No, I do too. I'm actually, I'm actually, I mean, spoiler alert, you're obviously They're watching this with die. us because you've watched this movie before. <laughs> but uh, Chinese guys are just continuing. Otherwise, funny. you know, fucking welcome. <laughs> this is awesome, guys. But no, like, Cassie you're right. There's something about, like, the non-sexual tension that never really oh. comes to fruition that, like, Number four. There are oh, five. That's five. Like, that's a double. Ooh, right at each Ooh, other. One, that was four, four and Four five. and five. Oh, five. Okay. Four. four or five, and maybe that's six. Four, five, and six. Those. Okay, we've, we've now doubled sexy luck already. We're at six. So I was like, come fuck me. At, oh, wow. She... But it never happens for a reason. Yeah. And that's the point. And it's or- totally organic. It's not the... Oh, here we go. Here it comes. Oh, yeah, baby! Asal Guerrero says... Yes! Asal Guerrero says, it's not the numbers of people fighting. It's the soldiers mm-hmm. who are fighting the wars that matter, matter yep. and their character. Yep. And, th- and you just feel that from this group. Like, they- this is like... This is like Saul Guerrero's like all star team. You feel like, you know, like in and this 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 mission is like in in the in the vein of his existence. You know, like led by his daughter. Yeah. Oh, ah. <laughs> yes. I love that K2, by the way, is just the guy who always flies the ship. Can we also just, like, realize that, like, the peak of the movie where they're climaxing into the ending war scene lasts for more than three quarters, more more than a third of the movie. A third, yeah. Is this peak. It's basically the next... 45 or 50 minutes the last 45 or 50 minutes is spent on the end strike right now that's about to happen which is incredible i mean and it deserves the time that it it took and like all the different intricacies of this of this of this battle but like that's what's kind of so cool about this movie as well like where they end up we just missed by the way um uh, Jimmy Smith and Mon Mothma talking about Obi Wan and then Leia without saying their names. I ruined it. Talking about your 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 Jedi friend and then would you do you trust her? I trust her with my life. Oh, that is one of the best scenes, and I ruined it. Sorry, guys. It's really important. No, no, no. It's good. It's the nature of the beast. That's why I just pointing it out later. I mean, it wasn't no anything with like Jimmy Smith and like Mon Mothma. Like we need to stop and like let them do theirs. You're right. <laughs> all right so scarif looking sort of like southeast asia not a coincidence obviously right they wanted to feel like vietnam a little bit 
God, they've done a really good job on some of these video games. Just watching the movie again and seeing some of the video games and then just seeing the characters again, like... Oh, there it is. That's enough to power a lightsaber, though. She makes it sound like it's not a big deal. God, look at her right there. I could look at that face forever. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to. I don't objectify her. I love Felicity Jones. I love Jenner. So she's just gorgeous. Up number seven and eight. Whoop! She's checking them out. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I'm always like, people, watch the sexual chemistry of this movie. It's through the roof. Just wait till the elevator at the end. Then it's just like, you think they're going to have sex in the elevator. Maybe they did, actually. Oh, that's interesting. It'd have to have been really fast elevator sex. Okay, sorry guys, we're not going to talk about elevator sex. So Scarif is, you think, sort of a weird place to have this. Uh, And the book actually says that they are a little complacent because of how beautiful it is and it's it's very secret location. So the fact that they could take them by surprise is set up pretty well. I love how the, like, the pilot takes his role and like that's just kind of how the rebellion... It's just like little things in the rebellion. It's like, what do you do? Well, I'm a pilot. And like, okay. even after he should have like, you know, lost his mind, Here it comes. he's still like playing his role. Like he, he was traumatized by Bogola. All right. And, like, Here it is. Uh-huh. So she's just totally honest here. So beautiful. And the next. Spoiler alert, both of those things happen. Ah, it's just such the reality of war. Yep. They need a speech, but not a bullshit speech. We'll find a way to find them. This is great. I love this this Cassine moment where he kind of makes a joke. Yes! Make 10 men feel like 100. Ah! David and Goliath. Yeah. It's the he, whole fight against the Empire. And he's like, and please, just get those troopers away from us. <laughs> uh, loyal Bodhi. That's an important scene to understand. Because, like, at a certain point, you understand there's no way out of here. You're on a way out of here, and he's one of the first people that dies of the main crew. Spoiler alert. Yeah. That, yeah, killing K2 first was the right choice. Killing Buddy second was definitely the right choice. Because then you realize we're all here. I didn't necessarily like it. It reminded me a little bit of a horror movie, how, like, you know, they just kind of killed off uh, Chiro and Baze at the same time, basically. But Well, no, Baze tries to save Chiro and almost does, except it's too late, and then he gets killed by a grenade. 
Yeah, Slash is martyrs himself. So what you would what you would rather them get killed like in a firing squad with an execution line? No, no. I mean, like a little bit separated. But they're best buddies. They're they need to main, be together. I, at the end yeah. Of their life. Come on. No, but it all goes. But it starts with the three of them going basically at the same time. All right, you can point it out when it happens because I I yeah. love how they do the death scenes in this one. Oh, okay. Like shitting on your grave. All right. This is awesome scenery, by the way. The whole shield in this is incredible. Right. I mean, can you imagine how much power a planet-sized shield must must take? In fact, I'm going to tell you that in one second. So you keep talking. <laughs> I'm looking up a piece of information. Here it comes. Little sister. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh, she's got the batons on the back of her. Oh yeah, that's like her choice weapon. And they, when they when they put the like ninja mask on her with her like eyeliner, I'm just like, oh holy shit! Oh, he fits in perfectly. He looks French. So yeah, right here they hit the ground. It's 45 minutes of this battle. It is, well, it's about 30 to 35 from here, but the whole build-up is well longer. Here it goes. Boom. Oh, yes. (laughs) Look at this. This is so good. So... My friend Tim, who has a Star Wars podcast, people were like, we wanted to see a bigger crown battle. I'm like, guys, the whole point of the movie was that they're infiltrators. If it was more than a few they're dozen gorillas. people. They're gorillas. Like, what, yeah. what do you mean? Like, and we get, a, we get a Return of the Jedi level space battle as well. It's like, you just can't please fans. You cannot please them. Can't please them. I guess we all want different things. I just... I know, but... This Simi, just but gave your, us a lot. Your, your nitpicks don't truly affect your overall evaluation <laughs> of a movie. A lot of Star Wars They're fans... They're nothing. Get, They're nothing. They become nothing. so They're neurotic a, about their yeah. nitpicks, it does affect it. No, This I is mean, cool. Seeing other K2-esque droids everywhere is bizarre. I wonder how he feels about them. God, there's so many levels to this plan. And it has to go perfectly. So I think what's... Oh, here we go. Yeah. I think what's interesting is, like, one of the complaints about the episode 7 and 8 is... It wasn't enough variation, new variation on imperial designs like ships or units. Like Rogue One has more new ship designs than both Episode Seven and Eight combined, which is weird because it takes place during the original trilogy. No, they have no excuse for. Oh, I love the cape. He really fills the uniform out, you know? He's exactly how you'd imagine him. 
So Scarif is on the outer rim, not in the core, where most of the Empire is. Obviously, they're trying to hide it. Um, <clears throat> it's mostly oceans, this planet, um, with small islands, and apparently is... It's like Hawaii? Yeah, and it's but it's mineral-rich. It's like it's on an archipelago or something, so they're also getting mining, uh, theoretically. <laughs> Only eighty nine. <laughs> <laughs> I love how K two gets more C three PO ish as the movie goes along in terms of his feeling of doom at every corner. He's more sarcastic versus uh, anxious, you know. Right, about but the way life. he was talking here and about uh, the eminent death was more C three PO for sure. I mean, and that's the thing about this movie is they don't just stun stormtroopers. They are definitively killing tons of g- good guys and bad guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, there's no, like, no, there's blood, you know? like That looks great from the view tower. It totally feels like they're there. All these shots with the three of these guys are fantastic. I wish they'd make a Pez of those other guys. So the 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 different colored white ones. What are they? Like the yeah. off white ones? The more camouflaged troopers? Dude, I keep almost pulling the trigger. They they sell a really nice replica of Cassian's rebel spy jacket. Like a leather version of it. Oh I saw that. I really want to get one. I just can't afford it right now. Boom. I saw a bunch of things like that that just look like regular like snow jackets or like winter jackets and like they're really just like rebel ones. Yeah, it's like a heavy leather jacket. Yeah. I saw a couple things like that that like maybe I'd purchase. Right. He's like, ooh, I can stop this situation and take out Krennic at the same time. I'll just sick Vader on him. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Yavin Temple looks so good. I love this scene. This guy just bolts out of here. <laughs> Look how paranoid they are. That always reminded me of uh, James Bond, Mom. Look at the smile. They're already up there. Radis was going no matter what with his fleet. Right. It was great. Right. But it was important to show that Mon Mothma in the end approved. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're just, this is just like a war. I mean, you just die. There's no rhyme or reason. And they knew what they were getting into. Like, I mean, they're all like martyrs for the greater good, you know? And they force they they're forcing her hand. Yeah, this isn't like the team on Endor at the end of Return of the Jedi, where they have a little more confidence. They've been doing it for a while. Like these are just right. ragtag group of dudes. Well, that's why I like Han <laughs> so much. Is like because like <laughs> I think the reality of most soldiers in 
in this were they they weren't the best people in the world, but like they weren't for what the the empire was for at all. So like everything kind of changed, and they were like, "Yeah, we're not with those dudes," even though they weren't necessarily the most savory of people, but they were morally more, you know, with it mm-hmm. <laughs> than the empire. You know, like this is great. But he had already yeah. hacked the imperial transmission. He was like, "Wait, what if we just keep sending confusing signals?" Because I've hacked it, and I'm from the Empire. I know how to do this. It's awesome. Oh God, the red! Oh. God, these two guys. Church. <laughs> oh yes, I. They showed this in the original trailer where he hits it with the rocket, but they don't show you that it doesn't affect it at all. And it keeps coming. Look at him. Well, he's got the big Ghostbusters backpack with the gun. <laughs> I love it. The practical aliens in this movie are great. All practical, no, they're not CGI. Right. No, they made them so like they can obviously move. Some of the other ones in some of the other movies, they just they're meant to like stand there. Here we go, baby! Woo! Oh, that's incredible! Oh yeah! That's incredible! Oh. And they're all working oh, right to the spot. Yes, let's return to the Jedi all over again. Oh, yeah, but no, fuck shit up. Yes. Oh, they got the frigates. You got the transports, you got the Corvettes, you got the fucking capital ships. Oh, this is so good. I could not believe how thick this battle is. I mean, again, if you're a Star Wars fan and you aren't losing your mind by this point, I I don't know what to tell you. Yes. This is everything you dreamt for when you were a kid. Yeah. They never had battles like this. No. They never brought them all in. This is much bigger than the Return of the Jedi battle. Lucas sold it great with what he could do at the time, but this is way more ships. Oh, yeah. I mean, how are they not jerking off to this? And they almost all die. Boom. This is so cool. I think, what, does one or two of the X-Wings hit the shield when they try and pull up? Mm-hmm. There it is. Oh, no. One, two, maybe three. Uh, I think the black eye pulled out. Black eye pulled out. Okay. So some of Blue Squadron's still there. Oh, man. Yep. The um. By the way, the Star Destroyers in this movie are closer to the original Ralph McQuarrie designs than actual Episode Four. They look a little different to people. It was sort of the original design, a little more sparkling white. This is their destiny. We knew that the trans... I want to get back to that. We knew that the logistics of the transmission of of the the files was going to have to be complicated, right? Because it wouldn't be interesting if we could do it wirelessly with our cell phones, like in our world. But I'm always talking about the Star Wars universe's technological scenario allows them to create analog in certain places, and they're not fully digital. And I think that's so awesome, and it pays off in this movie a big way. 
Well, but it's also like interstellar digital. Like, so like they're saying for the amount, like, I think they're like, they have phones, but like, you know, for them to like shoot a message to Mars, you got to get this bigger signal. I, I just, that's the, that's the other thing about like why I love Star Wars. Like, Boom. Their worlds are like consistent. Oh, wow. This is so fucking if you, good. How could you not say there wasn't enough war scenes in this I, movie? I, I, I don't know. This is, this is one of the greatest... This is, like, in my mind, the Vietnam of Star Wars. And they're saying there aren't great war scenes. What are they talking about? No, it's just... Do they see this movie? No, no. People read about the reshoots, and they immediately jump to the conclusion that Disney must be Disneyfying the movie, which was not what happened at all. Yes, <laughs> baby. Listen, Woo! I'll tell you something. In Disney movies, people, everybody doesn't die at the end. Yeah. Usually nobody dies, except maybe the bad guy. Well, look, who cares about who sometimes dies or maybe dies? I cannot think of another Disney movie where... Everyone dies at the end, except the bad guy. And it's not just that they die, it's how the brutality and realistic way that they go out in terms of a war scenario. Like a sadness, like I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it. Like like the fact that Baze gets killed basically accidentally by a dead trooper who had just hit a grenade, like that shit happens in war all the time. Yeah, you could be the best soldier in a circumstance. It takes one sniper or one lucky shot. No one ever said. No one ever said war was fair. I love it. It's I think disgusting. he's just like said, like start probing it. Like, can we destroy this thing? They're just shooting it. This is exactly what you do in a video game, right? You're like, well, I got these X-wings. I got no bombs. Let's just shoot the shit out of this until it breaks. Right. Or until I, I find love something. It. God, that I miss the X-wing and Tie Fighter games from the '90s. Holy shit! They're going for the legs. You know, it's great. Look at it. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but the feeling of them falling feels like from the original movies. Oh, this is the classic, yeah, the hero shot with the ships going up. All right, here we go. And this is the So people are like, "Well, they didn't have to mention Stardust so many times. We would have still gotten that." And I say, "Go back in the movie and tell me which one you would have eliminated cuz there's only 3 at most." And again, not every audience is studying every detail, people, as you hardcore Star Wars fans out there. We needed the average American to understand Stardust. I think that just makes so much sense. Oh, get the fuck out of here. And also, like... Not everyone's red catalyst. Like, we need to it, emphasize it's Stardust. It's so cute. It's adorable. It's, it's so a great nickname. Too. Why wouldn't... <laughs> I mean... I guess these people don't have kids or whatever, <laughs> but like, not that I do, but like, oh. if I needed to hide something in a coat, I mean, yep. if I needed to name something I loved, I'd name it after my daughter or my son, you know? Yeah. Like, if I was a scientist and I created a cure for cancer, I'd name it, you know, after my son or daughter or something, yeah. or like, or my father, or like, you know, like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, it's a nickname. Oh, my God, these people. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly these honest. These people. If I ever have a daughter and I'm allowed to name her, she's going to be named Jen, and I'm going to call her Stardust, and that's the end of it. That's it. 
Although maybe Sabine. I like Sabine a lot as a name. You know, I've yeah. thought about that. Uh, it's just just such not Jew- a Jewish name. But other than that, I'd probably no, it's like go Jen. It's that. like Jennifer. There's tons of Jewish Jens. Jen. Yeah, it's just Jen. Although Sabine Sabine sounds like a like a Jewish or Hebrew name. Sabine. Yeah, right. I, I always like Sabine. I, it's an Arab. It's an Arabic name. Yeah. It sounds like uh, the four questions. Miss Sabine. Sabine Brenner rolls off the tongue nicely. <laughs> Here we go. So this is this is yeah. So them, them jumping out here, that's a, ah, that's a oh, real awesome. whole ship there that they're suspending, they're jumping out of. And, like, the pilots talk like the original pilots. Oh, and those, and those, those selfie shots are, uh, are just like the original shots, only better. You know that some of Red color. Squadron is from the original footage, right? When they're first... Yeah, in- yeah, 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 yeah. And you know he's oh look at him and you know and you know he's dying. You can see him dying. You heard her say hyperspace tracking. Yeah, that was a that's a Last Jedi reference that they seeded a year before Last Jedi, where the Empire. Oh, it's, but it's not till the First Order they discover how to do hyperspace tracking. Here it is. I knew this was coming. I knew the Stardust thing was coming, but it was no less amazing. Love the beach trooper look with the the tan outfits. Oh, black saber, stardust. Is that Sabine? Black saber, Sabine. Mm-hmm. No. Sorry, I'm just watching Felicity Jones. I apologize. Sometimes I just get lost in her eyes. He uses own out. No, she. They said black saber, so I was thinking of. Sabine. Oh, dark saber. Oh. Yeah, you think Buddy's dead there, actually. Oh, he does get shot there. Oh, man. K2 is taking down dozens of troops, but he's taking it. There it is. This is such a cool idea because this is like a great physical manifestation of going through computer files. That's so much cooler than just sitting at a computer terminal. And it also makes the climax about like how they're gonna get this file to you know relay it. Yep. And she oh, has to like I think it. she like hooks it to a carabiner on her belt. Like oh it's crazy. Yeah. Climb. Oh. oh no. All right, people. Everybody about to die. Oh. I love. Oh. Done. Oh. So when you saw this, Simi, in the theater, where you, it, this was like the confirmation that everyone was going to die. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I was literally just going to yeah. say that as soon as he goes down, like that, like, and then like when you already saw, like, this is the, you're like starting to accept what's happening. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So this is a cool twist in that if Krennic wasn't there with his Death Troopers, this mission would be a little bit easier for the Rebels, but because the Death Troopers there and he's releasing them now, that's what ultimately leads to, I mean, at least in the short term, leads to a lot more people dying. I guess they all would have maybe died anyways, but Death Troopers turned the battle, yeah. And people, real real quick, like, like this is why this isn't Disney, or why... It's not what you would call a Disney film or whatever. Like, what is about to happen, the massacre that is about to take place is the freedom of the art that created this film. And thank you, Disney, for letting it happen because I don't know. I don't need it gorier. I don't need more death. I don't need anything. But... Oh, here we go. The amount of death that's Look at about this. to occur right this second. This is straight up like old school soldiers just running at each other, shooting in the swamp. I love that guy. I think uh, Warwick Davis is in that little guy. Oh, God, that looks so real, that crash. Yeah. All right, so the, the ships that have the two sort of long triangular wings are called TIE Strikers. They're incredibly maneuverable, right. and they are meant for atmospheric combat, even though they can operate in space. But in the nerdy X-Wing miniatures game that I play, they're actually incredibly powerful, if fragile, ships. Like, they're meant to just unleash firepower on and potential invaders, which is what they're doing. Oh, man. I love this. And see, this is, this, this, but the, even when they do have to start intercutting scenes at this part of the movie, it's so seamless and done way better than most movies where you're intercutting between two or three places. This is the only part where, you're right, this is the only part where they're intercutting this last 30 minutes or 40 minutes or so. And they do it seamlessly, like, as if, because oh. they're all dependent upon one another, you know, so you know it's all happening at once. How else? It's very Mission Impossible. You know what I mean? Like how, how they how they 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 layer it together. Oh, this is it. This is the scene I was telling you where he's like, "Okay, I'll go." Oh, it just gets man, blasted. I think. Oh man! Here we go. Done. Boom. That's it. That's war. That's war right there. You're heroic for a second, and now you're dead. But you start to spark to 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 make them get to it eventually. I'm what? going. You know. I love it. The bracket falls, and you're going, oh, no. You're like, oh, that was just the bracket. She's got it, and it gives us a little look at her cute little patoot. Tush. Patootie toot. It's funny, too, how hard they had to work to make her look like a tomboy, because Felicity Jones in real life is an actual like model and looks incredibly... She's very feminine in real life, so they had to do so much with her hair and the she's makeup and the gorgeous. clothes. Yeah. She also was amazing as Stephen Hawking's wife in The Theory of Everything. I have not seen that. Eddie Redmayne. She was nominated for it. Eddie Redmayne won the Oscar. Oh, as yeah, as Stephen Hawking, she's incredible. Oh boy, I got chills in me every time I see this scene. I know it's cheesy. I get chills every fucking time. I tear up. He's my favorite because they love each other. 
Because he's arguably more in tune with the Force than some of the Jedi we know, right? Like, because he, he's an and honest... And they love each other so... Yeah. The two of them, though. Yeah. yeah, they've probably been together literally 30 years, at least. Look at Diego Luna here. Look, such a rebel badass. Boom, gets blasted. And he should die, too. But she just keeps going. I mean, that's the thing. That's why I'm okay with the fake death here, because they do the right thing with Jin and just have her just keep going. But she doesn't run down to him. Oh. Yeah, no. Oh. Sagara's daughter isn't going to go check on you when she's got a mission to fulfill. Oh my, that's true. That's true. She was trained well in that sense. Oh my God. I'm chills. I have goosebumps. This is war. Look for the. How do they say this? There's no war. This is what war is. Friends is fighting. But this is the message right here that, that makes it a little okay. There's the forest mysticism where he's saying, I'm not really dying. Just look for me in the forest and you'll always find me. And so when Baze dies, it is sad, but you also see like a look of res- like um, acceptance that we've never seen from him. But first, he's going to murderate some death troopers. I think, I think you were going to say resolution. I think that might have been the right word. Yeah, too. resolution. Like he, mm-hmm. he resolve. He found resolve within. Uh, there's death. the ghost. There's the ghost. Oh, you just missed it. The ghost was right flying in front of them. I never saw the full shot of the it ghost so before. Quick. I just saw it. Yeah, that's it. Was it. It's, so quick. Yeah. If you keep it's looking, it's a bullshit homage. Oh, but it's great. No, no, I've seen Dave Filoni interview. They on say it. something about Hera at this point. No, the uh, they say paging General Sindula when they're planning the attack. Oh right. Um, but the, for all that stuff, they talked to Dave Filoni and asked him if it was cool and like how they should do it. And like, yeah, Filoni was stoked. I'm sure you gave them whatever they wanted to do, you know? Well, it was also a nice way of telling us, look, we know the ghost and Hera and Chopper survive. That's all we're telling you, but at least not everyone's dying in Rebels. I thought this was a nice way of doing it. Right. Oh, this is great. This is Admiral Radis. Look at this, immediately. Yes! <laughs> uh, this is such a great concept. This is for you, Galen. Man, they must have really been buddies. This is great. Up oh, here comes. Oh no! Look at Buddy's face. Ugh. Oh. Yep, he's dead. Oh, that's right. Baze sees it and he knows it. He's about to murderize some death troopers. Oh. oh man oh right in the face and here it comes is it too late oh he looks over as buddy Oh, it's brutal. This is great. I love that we got some Tomb Raider type stuff in this movie with her. Like Jin actually doesn't fight a ton in this film, which I love because she kicks ass in every other, uh, like a ton of other ways as well. You know, 
We see some hand to hand. No, it's that master. one scene in the beginning when she's like busting up. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying she and, doesn't and, and, fight. Like, she definitely fights well. No, no, no. They leave it. They're like, yeah, yeah Jin can kick ass, but you're right, and, and they don't really like <laughs> give her the extent of like what she really is as a assassin. I mean, she's an assassin yeah. of her own. Which is why all the jumping around in the data core and what she was just doing and stuff. I, I was just saying, like, it just adds to her coolness factor because there's a lot of ways to kick ass that aren't directly just shooting people. Like, Leia was cool not just because she was a good shot, but for all the other reasons. She has this incredible moment of this watching. Is beautiful. This. So, my only nitpick is. Okay, so my only nitpick is. How does Krennic not know what they're going after? And if Krennic knew, then why don't they just blow up this tower in the beginning so no one can transmit anything? Like, this should be the first thing to get blown up by the bad guys. Oh, uh, I feel like he needs it for, for his own communication, no? But then but then they, they literally shoot it with the Death Star. With um, I guess that's Tarkin. So this was the thing people were pissed about, was that shot of Jin limping with the blaster... In the very first trailer, a TIE fighter pops up out of nowhere, and people felt cheated and wasn't in the movie. I was like, guys, they got to do mis- a little bit of misleading us. And what did you think she was going to do? Start shooting the TIE fighter? I mean, come on. Wow, that's, that's like the most... These people are ridiculous. Sorry. This is awesome, though. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. I have an idea. Doesn't this just remind you of, like, smashing your Lego ships together? We fucked them with their dick. (laughs) Beautiful. And then we're going to blow up everything. Beautiful. And this coming up where it hits the shield gate is, of course, reminiscent of the Super Star Destroyer crashing into the Death Star in Return of the Jedi. Right, crashing into the Death Star. Yep. Absolutely. After the A-Wing pilot suicides into the bridge and, and, th- and it, lights up like a candle. And this is reminiscent of Luke. Yep. Of Luke uh, dangling, uh, waiting for uh, yeah. the Millennium Falcon. I mean, look, Gareth Edwards, who directed this, and the guys who wrote it, I clearly wanted to, this to be the closest to original Star Wars of all the new movies. So, oh, here it is. Oh, God. They wanted to pay homage to a lot of things. They did it delicately and properly. He's also in Catalyst, so condescending to her. He never calls her by her name in Catalyst. He just calls her the child. Beautiful blue eyes. Number seven or eight, nine. What? What's? How many sexy looks are we on now? Eight, nine. No, this is eleven. Eleven. Okay, we're at eleven. Yeah, that was. I like your counting system. Boom! Look at that. But this is the part to me from from now where I you I'm watching it. I watch this movie a ton. I just get so sad. I know, me too. Here it comes. Number twelve. I love this. She just wants to murder him. 
Here comes 12, 13, and 14 right here. They still think they can go somewhere. 12, 13. She did it. They all did it. (laughs) I do. I was so worried she was going to say, like, I can feel it. I, I was ready to roll my eyes in the theater. I was so happy they didn't do that. Like Leia. I thought she was going to say, everybody's listening. <laughs> or they're all listening. Still, we never see the Death Star jumping through hyperspace, which is interesting. I think it's because they have no idea how to manifest that visually, so they <laughs> never show it to us. All right, here comes the elevator scene. 15, 16, 17, 18. I love you more and more 19, every day. 20. By day, I mean second an hour. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving him 20. For three days. This is great. After he says, it's beautiful, he looks at the thing he thinks is beautiful, sees it as it targets him to end his life. Krennic is kind of a, a tragic figure, you know? I mean, against all odds. This horrible bad guy, kind of tragic. Boom. It goes right through the tower. Too late. Oh, that's fucking amazing graphic. And look how sad Radis looks. They're able to do this with the calamar. He looks so sad. Oh, he shuts his eye. It, it's the look that actually that... um that uh admiral akbar has when the guy commits suicide he has sort of yeah. a sad look oh! oh i forgot about this part you're not, you're not going anywhere bitches Woo. there goes the frigate i love these two so much So inspirational, both of them. Oh. oh my god, I'm literally on the edge of my seat with my hands on my head. And I've seen this movie so many times, and I, like... Oh. I mean, oh. This is, like, Casablanca-level epic, like, this movie. Like, this is n- beyond Star Wars. Maybe Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Shakespeare... As I well... Mean, of epic proportions. Oh no! Oh, oh that love, no. that hug is deeper than any kiss. So much deeper. Here it comes. I don't know if you noticed at the end, Caspian's eyes are. Open. Yeah, it's like he can feel the heat and is almost about to scream. As I noticed that, in like a f- not my first viewing, actually. I think about it like. Um, as a soldier, I will eat, I will meet my enemy with my eyes open, or I will meet my ma- maker with my eyes open. Yep. So I think he knew it was happening. Yep. Because th- th- that's not a filming... Because I, I briefly thought that was a filming mistake, but I'm like, no, no they could have easily edited purpose. that out. They left that in there on purpose. Here no, we go, buddy. Here he, we go. Oh, boy. He had the moment. Ooh. He had a moment with Jin, and then he met his makers with his eyes open. Ooh. This is the best. Oh. oh my god. This was this might be one of the best scenes in the whole movie. <gasps> this might be the best scene in all of Star Wars. 
Oh, you fucking might be right. <laughs> Let's do a silence. Oh. We've only seen this in the like Force Unleashed video games. That's it. The music. Just fucking slamming people. It's it's sort of a reference to the Duel of the Fates music. Oh! Just murderating them with lightsaber and force powers. Just pass it through. I love how you're like, I don't know if they're going to make it. The guy knows he's about to die. Oh! Oh, no. Launch! <laughs> So watch, watch which, watch which ship this comes out of. This is this is Radis's sh- Corvette no? ship. Yeah, it's a Corvette, but it's coming out of the Radis cruiser. Is the Corvette? They're in a Corvette. That's what that's Leia's ship is a Corvette. Yeah, right. But I'm saying that's the that giant cruiser it came out of is Radis's cruiser. Right. It was hiding in there the whole time right, in right, the main right. capital ship. How gutsy is that? So, guys, I'm out there. All I'm going to say is, if you don't like the CGI, that's fine. I don't care. I love this moment, and I treasure it forever. It works for me. I love her. She's so beautiful, inside and out. People forget that that is what Carrie Fisher looked like at 19 years old. Woo! We did it! Oh, and the old endings. We did it! L'chaim! Oh! L'chaim! God, is that movie good. It's so good! I mean, Incredible. I didn't. I didn't mean to put down any of your nitpicks, but you were struggling to find actual nitpicks in the film. I don't have a lot, but you already liked this film. But I watched this movie. I know, but I was like, but I watched this movie. How am I not going to say them? Well, yeah, right. But I'm saying I, uh, <laughs> when I watch this movie with people who say, you know, they have major problems with it, but then we watch it together, and I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, if you really look at it. Like everything, let's put it this way: there is no excess, in my opinion, in this movie. You can disagree with like logistical choices they made, but everything in it has a purpose. Does that make sense? I love this music. You're absolutely right. Like, like the whole Canto bite scene in Last Jedi did not need and to be as it. big as it was. Like, it was a little overblown. There's nothing in this movie that's o- I consider overblown. No, and as I said, I just think, and I keep saying, it's just, it's just a great standalone movie. I mean, with so many, I mean, Jimmy Smith, Forrest Whitaker. I mean, it goes, the list goes on and on of these incredible actors and incredible give and takes, and the music, the scenes, you know. Anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about in the film? Any anything new? Um, I, I mean, I know you've seen it recently. Um, well, let me ask you this as a, as a as a final question, then I'll let you lead. I'll finish on whatever you want. Is what changed the most between early viewings and later viewings of this, or, or did it, or was it love from the beginning, and then as time went on, it you know eighty to ninety percent more appreciation, and then ten percent noticing some nitpicks as as happens. I just think it was more. Uh, I more started to appreciate individual characters more and more and more. I. I liked it a lot from the start, but, um, yeah, just more and more and more, I started to listen to, you know, what the characters were all about and learn more about what they were doing. Cause they kind of throw you into all these storylines 
without really any um, any true reference if you haven't read any of the things previously, which I hadn't. So when you know you don't know who Jin is, you don't know who Galen is, you know you don't you don't you don't know who Chiro is, and and as they kind of uh, mature with their own relationships and intertwine with each other, you're watching them and you just kind of fall in love with them. Uh, and it's just, it's just this, this fast relationship of three days. And like, uh, it's just something, it's just something different. And, and I just think they're all incredible. I think they each character kind of have their own, uh, prequel if you wanted to do it. Uh, and I think that a lot of the content of each character and how strong each character's content is makes you you know, follow that individual storyline that we were talking about and makes it so it's this one, you know, it's not this soap opera of different different lines going at the same time leading to the same event. It's, you know, one group leading to, you know, a, a final mission. So, um, you know, it's really something different. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at um, the reception of fans... Rogue One is is a bit higher rated among fans on Amazon, uh, which I actually consider to be one of the more reliable rating systems because people are putting money their mouth where their money is, so to speak. You know, these are people actually bought the thing. <clears throat> and are, and you can't. It's hard to vote on Amazon a bunch of times like you can on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, on IMDb, uh, Force Awakens has a slightly higher score, but it's like not really. Um, like a bit a huge difference. I mean, the critics in general liked Force Awakens more uh, when it came out, but I think you know, again the the release of Force Awakens after so many decades of no great Star Wars movies, I think is a little misleading. You know how like whenever Nintendo releases a new Mario or Zelda game, it's like ten out of ten everywhere you look, right? Um, so there's, it was a certain, right. nostal- there's certainly like nostalgia bonus that it got. Um, but, right. You know, and like we, we feel like, cause you didn't fuck it up that like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a golden nugget. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 like it's not necessarily that it's that awesome. It's that like, it reminds us enough about the original and it doesn't suck. You know, like, yep. <laughs> versus like it, yep. it's actually like really a good piece that stand alone. And again, that's that's why this movie's great. It's a good piece that stand alone. Like nothing needs to exist. None of the other stuff. Um, you know, you'd be curious about it with like the ending with with uh, with Vader Vader's dramatic scene at the end. But you take that Vader scene at the end out of it. It's a great standalone movie. However, that being said, mm-hmm. I, after we hang up the phone, will probably watch uh, A New Hope. Yeah. Just to <clears throat> go, go through that motion. Just because it, and even if I don't finish it, which I won't, it's late. But just to go through the motion of watching A New Hope after, uh, after Rogue One, it makes sense to me. Like, it just... Even if I watch 15 minutes of it, you know, it's just, I feel like I have to, like, it to keep it going. But, again, it's still just a great standalone. It's a little 
girl's story. It's the story of a little girl who who was a spark that yep, you know, got the rebels going. Yeah, that really roused them. I mean, look. Bottom line is, <clears throat> the movie made half of what Force Awakens made, but considering it was so dark and it wasn't a Skywalker movie with no Jedi's, no lightsabers. <clears throat> a movie where everyone died. I'm sure after the first weekend, everybody else who had, even if you haven't seen the movie knows that everyone dies. So other than Vader, it was all brand new characters, um, you know, and all the characters are people of color and or international and or women, right? I mean, there are no white Americans in an any major point. role in the entire freaking movie. And it's a sad but excellent point. Well, it, it's it, but it's great for Disney and Lucasfilm, and great for the people who appreciated it. Like fucking Diego Luna is like a hero to Mexican kids now because of his role, because he was able to do the full Mexican accent, and they were cool with it. The Chinese guys are already legends, but they're loved even more. You know, I mean, it's fantastic. Right. Um, no, they because they got to do a real mainstream, yeah, you know, classic cult movie. Yeah, I mean, people may, might look back at this movie as more of the cult classic in, in the latter in the latter years. I, I feel like, again, I, I I like everything that's come out. I like Last Jedi. I like Force Awakens. I don't not like them. I love them actually. Like I'll watch I watch them repetitively too. Yep. But you know, on an island, pick pick one movie of those three, like. It's. It, I don't even have to think twice. I'm. I'm going to take this movie. I'm going to watch Rogue One again and again and again. And 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 of the other ones, it's it's up there too. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can commit to it right away because again, I haven't been with it as long as I've been with the other movies. Sure. You know, and I'm like in terms of my my habits. But you know, between the new three, you know, my my Sophie's Choice. You know, it's not even close in my mind. Not and again, it's no. No bash on the other movies. I just would just kind of rather watch this one. Yeah. You know? so, so I'm just going to give my final thought and I'll have, let you have the last word and we'll wrap up. My final thought is because of the controversy <clears throat> over Last Jedi and the dissatisfaction that even like normal nerds a lot had, I a lot of people are starting to reevaluate like the order of their movies when it comes to the new movies. And they're coming back to Rogue One. I think the narrative before Last Jedi came out by all the nerd boys, nerd men or whatever that I listened to was Force Awakens was the best. Rogue One was cool, but not our favorite. But we're, we already think The Last Jedi is going to be the best movie. And that's why I wasn't caught up in the hype with Last Jedi. I was a little skeptical going in because I was not the guy who was like, this is definitely going to be the best Star Wars movie. And so I actually enjoyed it more by managing my expectations, which I'm always telling fanboys and fangirls to do is manage your expectations. So after Last Jedi, plus the fact that Force Awakens, the more you pick it apart over the years as just a reboot of the New Hope or whatever, I more and more people come into Rogue One, man. I don't care if they do or not in terms of it being their favorite. But I've definitely heard... A lot of, man, my mixed feelings about Last Jedi really made me appreciate uh, Rogue One a lot. So whatever it takes for people to come back to this movie again and again. And I think this is a movie that I agree with you is hard to watch sometimes because it's so depressing. 
but 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 the content in in it I find incredibly rewatchable. Um, and so uh, even if it's just on in the background, sometimes I just constantly have Rogue One playing. Um, it's just my movie. I, I love it that much. I love her that much. I love Cassian that much. I love K two that much. I mean, we didn't even talk about the K two humor, man. I mean, there's so many good K two jokes in it. So um, anyway, oh, I thought we did a little bit. I I, I was getting into them. No, I agree. Yeah. I actually, when I was listening to you talk about, you know, like kind of the gist of, of, of what other people think, I, I don't know which – I need to watch uh, – it made me think I need to watch Last Jedi a few more times. Like, I don't have a def- – I, w- I wouldn't – like, I, I'm sure I like Rogue One better than, than, than either of the two, but I don't know which of those two I like more. Oh, I definitely like Force Awakens better. But that's just I think because I do too, but I, I'm still going to wait a little bit. I need to watch it a few more times. Well, it's just because J.J. Abrams is like r- reminiscent of Joss Whedon. I, the two of those guys, I love their science fiction movies. I love how adventurous and funny they are. And mm. but when he, but when J.J. had to be serious, like with Kylo killing Han, which is like arguably one of the top three moments in all of Star Wars. Um, he knows how to nail it. It was just as good as when, uh, you know, when the Emperor is killed by uh, by Vader. You know, that that was one of the other best, yeah. like, kind of killing scenes. Yeah. 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 He successfully killed Han Solo in a way that the fan base was okay with, which I, it seemed impossible. He rebooted the whole thing, which seemed impossible. And he's coming back to do Episode Nine, which is going to be more like Return of the Jedi. It's going to be tons of big battles and fighting and stuff people want, you know? And Ryan Johnson specifically was brought on to do a quirky middle movie like Empire, but even weirder. And people forget that Empire Strikes Back was not received well initially by either critics or fans in 1980. So, you know, I mean, look, Last Jedi it isn't so far down among the three, but I just, Rogue One's easily my favorite. And, you know, I just, J.J. Uh, Abrams is more my type of filmmaker when it comes to things like Star Wars than Ryan Johnson. But, uh, you know, it's it's close. It's close. I'm yeah. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm not arguing. I'm not uh, uh, lighting torches and, and and grabbing pitchforks by any means. I love. I've loved. I love all of them. I love all of them. But you know what are we? You know, we're here to talk about you know Desert Island, Sophie's Choice. So yeah. and and why and why it's like that. So if we have to nitpick and we have to go through it, then that's what it is. At the end of the day, like. I'm just I'm just so happy that there's so many new aspects and they just keep coming yep. and that uh, my birthday's in May and uh, I've said this before on our podcast mm-hmm. it's like this gift I get from Star Wars that keeps giving you know May is always the the release of uh, a new Star Wars movie so I'm really looking forward to Solo. Oh, you mean how you mean how it used to be? Because all the new Star Wars movies have been Christmas. This is the one exception. No, the uh, the the other three, the 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 prequels, the the what do you call them? The the stepchild, the you know the prequels. Yeah, the but I mean, do we, is there is there a name for them? Is there like a blasphemy kind of name for them? <laughs> Abominations. Abominations. <laughs> I see. I look at them as like content, like um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like boring, 
uh, it's lore. It's at least it's lore. Literature you have to read before you read something of more content. You know, it's like you know you'll really enjoy this more if you read this first. That's a great point. Actually, if they wrote it as teen fiction, it probably would work a lot better. You know, and it's like it's like you're not gonna love them. They're not great, but you know, I would never say you shouldn't watch them. Yeah, you know. Like, like that'd be that'd be a waste. You know, how, you know how there's some movies that are so bad that they're good. That's not the prequels. Like, the prequels are just like twenty percent pretty cool and interesting, and eighty percent what the fuck were you thinking, George Lucas? They just there's just an hour of just nonsense in most of them, and then like, um, well, Attack of the Clones is unwatchable. I mean, it's just. Hayden Christensen doesn't know how to act even worse at that yeah. point. The chemistry is off. They don't know what to do with Padme. I do like the end, but other than that, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I like the last half hour of 40 minutes. Yeah, I can't stand it. The fighting looks so fake. I just like the multiple Jedi because it's like uh, you never really mm. get the whole that many Jedi in one room. I think I know what you like, and it has to do with Natalie Portman's midriff. <laughs> So <laughs> exactly, it's like your Jyn Erso <laughs> stuff, you know. Hey, I'm 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 on board. I I am I, I am here for you being here for her, Simi. <laughs> Natalie, you're amazing. Well, thank you so much, my brother. This was great. Um, this was a lot of fun. And just I a, hope I was no go ahead. remotely entertained. No, you were great. You were great. If I if I talk over you at some point, it was just because like I didn't want us to miss a moment that would be great to talk about. You know what I mean? That's the role. I am like I, I am the Bill Walton. You yeah. are the uh, Marva Albert. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, settle down, Bill. Bill, settle down. <laughs> um, but uh, I was gonna say, I'm already thinking that Han Solo is going to be one of my favorite Star Wars movies if it, if it lives up to the the trailers god damn it i said the same thing and i don't want to say it out loud because i just don't want to be fucking dis- life kids kids life is a control of expectations if you expect nothing you will be the happiest fucking person in the world and this is my fear yeah. it's exactly what you're <laughs> okay. saying all it's right be the standalone which is i've told you this solo is my favorite character <laughs> <sighs> I'm so scared that yeah. that I didn't want to say it out loud, but that's I said the same thing the other day. Yeah, and uh, you know, of course, Woody Harrelson has a Woody. very similar but more cynical version of that in, in the trailer where he says, "Assume everyone will betray you, and you'll never be disappointed." But I want to say to you, right. Simi, if you go through life assuming everyone's going to be betraying you, including movies that you love, and you'll never, of course, you, you'll never be disappointed, but you'll also never truly enjoy stuff. I'm not actually worried about that for you because I know you can do it, but I do worry about that for fans. I don't know my friend Matt Simi. We'll close on this. Matty G, who's been on the podcast a lot. He had a really interesting theory, which is that a lot of the old school fans who bitch and complain about the new movies and about Rebels and stuff, Matt's theory is they don't actually want more new Star Wars. They want it to just stop and end. And so they're just going to be mad and mock and go after anything new because for them, they only want the original trilogy. And so, which I kind of can understand... He's not wrong. He's not, He's wrong, not wrong, but they're really missing out on great movies. 
Well, there's a group of people who are not progressive that like that just the way their mind works that like stay off my lawn. It can't get better than the, the kids these days. They know nothing. Only this, only that, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I've never looked at anything like that. I've never thought that I'm smarter than anybody. I never thought that my generation is better than yours. I never thought that. Right. Were this because you're that or generalizing to that extent? No, and that's I'm, just I'm, and I'm, fucking dangerous. Well, the reason I'm bringing this up is, and because we talked about this somewhat before, but I'm trying to parse <clears throat> between some of like there are people that are just not progressive and want, and are just stupid and won't accept things. But I'm saying among the related population, it's like the people who know the original movies by heart but think that they were perfect alone and they hated the prequels. And so they just don't, they, as Matt says, they just want all the star Wars and they don't want anything new. They just want all the star Wars that's existed, you know, but again, these are also the people that think Boba Fett's the coolest character in star Wars, even though he's almost as lame or lamer than captain Phasma roasted. And that's what I was just saying earlier. Like I get it. He's a great fucking, you know, Bounty hunter, that must be fun, you know. Like, but in a world of people of Jedi's, and in a world of good people versus bad, like in a world with Jedi's, I just don't give a fuck about him. He's a he's a replica of like a solid soldier. Awesome. And the prequels did not make him more interesting. Sorry, George Lucas failed. Yeah, totally failed. He's this fucking bounty hunter. Great. He has no heart. He doesn't care about anything except money. And he kills people. Super. Saw Gerrera is just as evil as that, only he has a heart, you know, and he has a story. Like, do that. Saw Gerrera is not evil. He's just ruthless. But even when... No, he, he's... Even when he's he, evil. Uh, he wants to kill... He wants to... He uh, wants to kill people. Okay. Like, he wants to kill certain people, but he wants to kill people. So, like, you know, he doesn't want to. That's what soldiers do is kill. That's that's what. Yeah, but you should if you're a person and not a monster, you should probably want to, like, well, look, hope that there's another solution versus long for killing. I have an idea, Sammy. Yes, sir. Why don't you and I whenever next few weeks, months, whatever you have time. You want to watch solo? We're going to go back. (laughs) Hold on. We'll get to that. We're going to go back. We're going to watch the three, four, five episodes with Saw from the Clone Wars. Yeah. We're going to watch the two or three uh, Forrest Whitaker Saw um, episodes on Geonosis and season three of Rebels. You want to do a Sawathon? Is that where you're getting at? Yeah. We're going to do a Sawathon, and then we're going to bring in Catalyst, Rebel Rising, and Rogue One and talk about the character. Talk about if he's consistent over time. Talk about right how good he is versus how evil he is. Just do a straight-up character study. Let's do it. Break him down. Yes. Break him down. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, Solo uh, Star Wars Story, which I just continue to just call Han Solo because it's a much better name, um, is coming out soon. I'm extremely optimistic, but I've always been optimistic with Disney. I remain optimistic. I like Jedi way more than other people. I like Rogue One more than other people. I like The Force Awakens more than other people. So maybe I'm not the best person to listen to if you're a skeptic but i have very little to complain about with disney i mean literally in three movies which is what like seven eight hours combined there's like five minutes i dislike like truly dislike like i've had almost no eye rolling you know like in any of the three movies and 
I can't say the same about most blockbusters out there. And I think Rogue One is really aging well over time, as, as we have seen. And as you pointed out early, um, and then we're really going to end this, uh, younger people, who, uh, especially, who like good like Marvel or Star Wars movies, but aren't like necessarily hardcore fans, like people who just will, like watching the Star Wars movie, the, the like high school age kids I know or college age kids I know, Rogue One is the, they think is the best by far because they don't have this attachment to the sequels or even the prequels that we have or other, you know, people of our generation have. So as a pure movie experience, I think it works amazingly on the average watcher, which is what you said earlier and one of the reasons I love it. So... Uh, if, if you have anything else to say, I'll give it to you now. Um, otherwise, I'm going to lead us out. No, man. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Mm, thank you. Uh, it, it was uh, a, a, a brain uh, vomit of everything I think while I'm watching these movies. Uh, and I get to talk to somebody about it. So it was incredible. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I hope people tune in. And I'm uh, looking forward to our uh, breakdown of Guerrero. Well, I will say there was some competition, I won't say from who, to do this commentary with me. So, but the person who, uh, or the people that also wanted to do it either had done other commentaries with me or, or will do future ones. And I just wanted you to have this experience because I find incredibly cathartic to talk about it, especially when you're talking with a buddy about something you love so much. And it is a challenge. I did many dozens of commentaries before I felt super comfortable with it. But I can tell you definitively, this was very different than my commentary from last year, which I'm thrilled about. Great. So thank you so much. Bizzle Guys listeners, please check out um, our other podcasts together. They've been amazing. And um, yeah, dude, I don't know what comes after Solo. So we just have to really enjoy Solo if it's good. And then we have a year and a half of waiting for Dave Filoni to make an announcement about the cartoons and episode nine at the end of 2019. So hopefully we're going to hear stuff about your girl Ahsoka soon because everyone's dying for more Ahsoka. I think they're going to fill that gap. I think they already know how they're going to fill that gap. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to it. I think there will be some sort of a cartoon. Maybe the, I hope that live action series that we were were talking about, but we'll see what happens. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Ahsoka Sabine partnership cartoon could totally work. Yeah. You could totally do that. Um, I don't know why not. Yeah. I don't know why not. So That'd cool. be great. I'd love it. I'd watch it. All right, people. Sold. Well, the Force is strong. I am one with the Force. The Force is with me. May the Force be with us. Rebellions are, <laughs> Rebellions are built on hope. Save the rebellion. Save the dream. Stardust. Thank you, BizzleCast listeners. We are out.